0: You have to eat the dream you have to sleep the dream you have to dream the dream you gotta touch you have to see it when nobody else sees it you have to feel it when it's not tangible you have to believe it when you cannot see it you gotta be possessed with the dream dream. what's up guys and welcome to straight from the chess podcast my name is justin Groth, and i'm your host on this Personal development, personal growth podcast that I'm excited that you're taking part in today. Listen, if you are a new time listener, I would just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for being here. And if this is your second or 252nd time tuning back in, thank you for your continued listenership, support of the channel. It means a lot to me. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, anywhere there's podcasts, we're likely there. Please go hit the subscribe button there and on YouTube as well, Trey from the Chess podcast. And if you find this podcast valuable or you think anybody else could value from it please please do not hesitate to share it on your ig twitter facebook if it's on instagram tag me i justin craig roth i'll be sure to re-mention you in the stories and uh like always without further ado let's get into it ryan what's up brother? welcome to the show man thanks for being here
1: thanks for having me dude i'm stoked to be here
0: yeah man so for people who are unaware and not familiar with who you are why don't you just introduce yourself brother
1: uh, like you said, my name is Ryan Hernandez, and I own a local meal prep company in San Luis Obispo called Clean Machine Meals. Everything I do is gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free. That kind of usually knocks out all the all the things people usually can't have or shouldn't have or any kind of allergens they may have. Um, I've been a chef for over 15 years, worked in some fine dining restaurants, and that's kind of like where I got my start from was fine dining. and. Through fitness and uh and meal start meal prepping for friends, I figured I can do something on a much bigger scale and wander outside fine dining and take those take the tools I learned along the way to make more of a fine dining experience through like meal prep and clean eating. And as we know, I mean some people I know personally you you don't mind. You like just getting the fuel in, you like you know, you you like what's old and faithful, it's easy to exactly, get in the carbs, yeah. the fats and protein. Um, some people have a harder time with adjusting that, you know, so it's kinda like it's what I'm there for is to make clean eating as you called it once tastes like cheating man
0: (laughs) and does it Uh, so I've had a lot of your dishes and I honestly they are for people listening and this isn't a plug and he's not paying me to say this his shit is too good and when you're eating it you almost feel like you're cheating and I know that you You're probably listening there and thinking, well, isn't that the point? Can't you, don't you adhere better to that? Yeah, I guess if you're the regular Joe that needs to eat healthier and be in a caloric restricted, uh, you know, on a caloric restricted diet, then that can help you adhere much or very easily. Right. I'm, I'm like you said, man, very grassroots, like beef and rice and chicken and rice and sweet potato and broccoli and shit. And that's it. And so like. When I would eat that, that food, it was like, I don't know what's in this. And even though you tell me it's all this, and I believe you, I'm thinking, like, this too good to be true, man. It's just too good to be true. And I said, Ryan, just make me, like, basic beef and rice.
1: <laughs> you literally couldn't, like, wrap your head around it. That's what I, I love. couldn't, like, I would tell you, I'd give you all the ingredients. You're like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Just, I need sweet potatoes. Beef and rice, or like chicken, like that's it. And I'm like, I made this sauce with all these clean ingredients, like honey inside of sugar. And you're like, bro, I just fuck, I can't, can't process. It's just, just what it make was, it too, Make it simple for me,
0: for me. No, no, yeah. I know you have a lot of clientele that. I mean, you've been in business first and foremost. You've been in business for quite a while, man. Once you talk about the 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 background of that.
1: Yeah, I um, I uh, I left my last restaurant I was at in San Luis Obispo to like pursue this and do it full-time i just it was one of those things where it's like it was it was risky like rolling the dice you know you know how it is starting your own business like you put everything you have into it you're like every last dollar you have and you're like i'm just i'm gonna jump feet first and if it doesn't Head first, not feet first. Head first. (laughs) Jump (laughs) and jump feet first. I guess that's a safe way. People jump feet first. Yeah. 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 And uh, I just, I went for it and it worked out really well. I had, I had a huge, I was, you know, I had such good relationships with people all around the central coast from doing um, CrossFit competitions at the time that had a good, I had a good amount of people backing me already. So I started, I had people kind of lined up to like support me, which was great. Um, I started doing that and uh, it's been five years now. I just hit five years good for you so man. it's been i've been working for myself for five years i still still see people and they're like is that all you're doing like you, you're doing that full-time like yeah i've been doing it full-time five it's years it's a on. full-time job man. and through it is and doing it through covid too you know that was i just dropped the c word <laughs> oh, no. no, we're good. We're good. And all through uh, that time, I um is actually, it was really hard talking to people because I know it was a really hard time for everyone. I don't want to even say some people, for everyone, like, you know, we're all unsure. Like, you know, you couldn't have people in your gym, in your spot. Like, that's your livelihood, you know, like you're thinking, what am I going to do? You know, and also I know how particular you are about things. You're like, I don't want sick people in my gym either. You know, like even if you're working some backdoor situation, like you got to be safe and safe for your clients as well. But like during that time, it was hard talking to people because like my business like tripled during that time. Did it really? Yeah, and most of it was because I think I was taking a big risk, like still going out and getting things, going to the grocery stores, and delivering to people. But I made it. I know, you know, from day one, we all thought like we we're gonna walk outside and you're gonna like die. You know, we didn't know yeah. what this thing was or what was happening. So. um I was able to make it where we had pickup locations and people would drive up and I would bring their food out ask their name bring it out to them. So instead of having to go to the grocery store and do all that and take all this risk like I did it, you know. So now they had food ready even though people were at home by themselves or with their families, maybe they didn't want to cook all the time. Maybe they just want food ready to go or still be on top of their eating habits and I was able to provide that. And that's when it really picked up during that time and it was just wild because I, you know, everything was so up in the air and that's really when it picked up and then, I was very thankful during that time that that happened. Mostly because I was able to help people who I knew didn't know what was going on, didn't know where they were going to get food or how to get food or how to, how to continue eating clean. Because now when it was up to them to be at home all the time, they're like, they don't. a lot of people don't know how to eat. That's the thing. People don't know how. Like, we're, so, we're as Americans, we're taught, you know, to like eat everything on your plate. And also when you go out to eat, you eat until you're sick, until you can't take another bite. There's still enough left on the plate for you to have lunch the next day. Like, that's not how we're supposed to eat. Yeah, You know, until you're sick and you're full and you need to take a nap after like portion control is so important. And I think that's also what I provide for my clients as well. And I've made bigger meals and people like, please don't do that. Like, this is what helps me like evaluate where I'm at and stay on track. Like, I don't want more food. Like I want exactly what you're doing. And that's an interesting, that was interesting to hear. Cause you always think, you know, more bang for your buck and all that. Yeah, but it's yeah. really like everything's portioned to how it needs to be for pretty much the average person to be able to control and eat and go about the rest of your day and not feel sick or like you need a nap after.
0: Is it, is it still around about th- high three, to so low 400 calorie meals?
1: I've bumped up a little bit cause I've had to like raise my prices due to inflation and I have compensated somewhat in size and depending on the meals I do, I have it at about 390 to about 500 now. I see. So I've, I've bumped them up a little bit and some people like if they don't want to eat it all at one time, they could save a little bit left, yeah. but I've just, some of the meals that we made, I've, I've really kind of changed the direction of what I'm doing and made it even more wild, I guess. And we really went out with some other recipes and they have just been higher caloric. And so, yeah, it could get up to about 500, but it doesn't really ever get past that, which is still pretty good for whole food situations. A lot of food.
0: Yeah. Well, What were some of the hurdles you faced, man? You know, you kind of breezed over some some of the hurdles you may have had or or alluded to some that you had during COVID. But what were the specific hurdles that were almost knocking you out of the park,
1: like taking me down? Or it's like, yeah, um, it was getting kind of getting people their food because you know you really weren't even supposed to be leaving home unless you had like a doctor's appointment or you know at least for those first couple of weeks it was supposed to be made, like whatever essential what you're doing so getting people lining them up and trying to you know tell them like it's okay like you can come here and still pick up your food and you know you can wear a mask you could pull up like i'll bring your food out to you like contactless you know handoff in a sense um, making sure people felt safe that way because well, like everything was so uncertain we had no idea what this whole thing was you know it was a scary time so I think a biggest thing was making sure people felt safe and and that we were still taking care of them and that we were gonna be there. Uh, staffing, staffing definitely wasn't an issue. It is now, but like all my friends who were cooks at all these fine dining restaurants, they like, they got laid off, you know? So I was like, yo, like I still got work for you. But otherwise, um, I gotta say it might've, that time might've been the most carefree, like breeze by of my like, career really? was during that time which is like the complete opposite of what it was for the world like you'd yeah. have a hard time thinking about hurdles because i was so thankful for having an amazing crew who i had all of a sudden clients that were supporting me more than ever um i had this you know it was still a large kitchen like i don't want to say like sanitation was hard because like we just we are you know there's codes you are you follow by of sanitizing and wiping everything down and we still followed that but the hurdles there was there really wasn't a lot during that time which is interesting now that you mention it like it was like probably the most freeze by time.
0: Did it cause you to have to, or to implement new things to like scale up
1: a little bit? I mean, I just need more staff. You know what? Actually the biggest hurdle now I think about is inflation, like the cost of everything because everything was so scarce. Like if you remember, if you went to the grocery store, there's nothing on the shelves. There's yeah. nothing wiped out. And that helped that, that caused inflation and in all the food. Like, so my, my prices, like my food costs itself and even getting it, like I couldn't get a lot from my suppliers and I get it like wholesale. I couldn't get food for a while. Like, so I had to curate my menus specifically to what I could get. So that was actually really hard, like figuring out what am I gonna make this week? And I get to my guy, like here, I need, you know, 300 pounds of boneless, skinless chicken breast. He's like, we're out of breasts. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we can't get a hold of it because there's no one to work in the factories, you know, where, where they process all the chickens, all the workers, they're laid off right now. So we can't even get it right now.
0: Was there a time where you made a menu list predicated on what you knew you could get, but then you call your vendor and he doesn't have it and you have to change the menu? Yep. That's happening.
1: Yeah, that's actually now why I have on there is like (laughs) ingredients subject to change due to availability. And that's like all my posts now in fine print, which people like just rolled with. I mean, they understood. No one was really bitching during that time. You know what I mean? They, everyone, I think that was that was a time where everyone kind of gave everyone some leeway because we all knew we were having it hard. Like there were like, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like just an easy time. Like there were just, I'm a chef dude. Like if you've ever worked in a restaurant, like we get curveballs and wrenches thrown in us at all times. It's like, Oh, you know, you got six burners to work with and you have a full restaurant, but two of your burners are, I was like, Hey, now you only have four burners for the night. Like figure it out. Like just used to that and just having to roll with the punches. Like, okay, we'll figure it out. So like just constantly like Like without that kind of training in my past, I think I would have crumbled along the way. Oh, for sure. But having that mental, a big thing is like mental toughness on top of it. Cause it's so easy to just give up. Like people just like, well, I only have four burners. Like how am I supposed to cook? I can't, I can't like, how am I supposed to work with this? As opposed to someone who's ingrained, like, no, we will make this work. We'll get by, you know, it might take a little bit longer, but that's just kind of how I am too. Like I, I don't, I'm not going to give up. There's so many people depending on me to be able to make this happen so something like hey we don't have the food you want from the menu you made like okay well I guess I'll just make a new menu on the fly and like post it like hey we're changing this due to availability like you just you roll with the punches when you have to and you make you change things when you need to make sure you accommodate you know your clients or your people Or just I feel like that relates everything in life like things are not always gonna go your way and you don't just give up you absolutely have to come up with an alternate plan you know attack
0: is there anybody that's side by side with you running the company or is it just you
1: (laughs) it's just me um yeah it's just me i uh i had i had someone who was who like really helped me who i really depend on um is my really good friend kenny um and he just like uh he back in march he just like suddenly passed away yeah oh my god so he was like he was like my second in command like if i wasn't there or i needed someone to help with anything it was like the only person i had that i could like really trust to take care of stuff and it was like you know, running the company, I do that myself, but it was like the one person I had to lean on to like if I just if I was sick or if I couldn't if I just needed a hand with something that was like that dude. So that that that's been tough this year, but like just kind of rebounding from that.
0: Dang man. I'm sorry about that, brother. Thanks, dude.
1: It's yeah. Just rolling with the punches still. Uh, yeah.
0: We can title the podcast <laughs> that rolling with the punches. <laughs> rolling with the punches. Seriously, man. You know I w- this I wanted to segue into clientele now you have a lot of people that are picky eaters Mm -hmm. that I was a picky eater in the sense that I didn't want sodium. I didn't want like a lot of sodium. You remember that? Yeah. But I'm sure there are people that are like really specific. In fact, I remember I had a client for you and she, I remember she, she contacted you about doing the foods and then she was like, had this laundry list of, of what she fucking didn't want. (laughs) And you're like, and then oh, and then can I can I only pick out certain meals that I want? Can I tell you to make this meal and not this? Like you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I remember yeah. telling her that like, you can't do that. Like that's this is his menu, and then this is this is what you get, and you might get one more mm-hmm. meal that need like a a duplicate or something more right. over than maybe what you wanted. But that's just the way it is when you order a ten pack or twelve pack, depending on how you do it. Now I don't know how you do it now, but yeah. how you did it prior, and um. So that was, that was my, that was my experience with one person mm-hmm. and I'm not even in your business. <laughs> so I can only imagine what you probably deal with. People are very particular eaters,
1: man. Yeah. I mean, it. it takes a while. Um, like I had some new emails this week and it's always, it's a challenge with people who are new because they don't know how the system works. And once they get the system, like it's easy, you know, like ordering by the deadline on Friday. And if you order on by Sunday, like you might not get it delivered on Monday because we're already, you know getting everything the ball rolling like i have my own you know i gotta place my own orders and get all the food in and like i can't over order otherwise i'm out of pocket all that stuff but i do have some picky eaters. most people do roll with it and i try to accommodate the best that i can um like a lot of places you know it'll have uh, like online but a lot of stuff there's frozen which is why they have more of a variety but you know it's like here pick 10 meals you know and it's like here we have orange chicken out this You're like oh i want two of that six of that but they have bigger a much broader meals and that's because they're making them week to week and they're freezing them. Some of the meals you might get are already 4 weeks old, you know. Yeah. Um I make a menu and it's three options. That's about all we can do with the time we're given and it's kind of like here's what you're getting. If you're like, "Hey, if we have, you know, 10, you get a 4 3 and 3 split." Well, maybe you want, you know, six of this, three of that, two of that. Like that's okay. I can do that. But I can't like you can't sub out like ingredients you know because then I, by that time i'm customizing for individual people now i'm a personal chef and if i'm doing it for you know yeah. 80 people it i can't I, I just can't do it so like i accommodate the best i can for allergies as well you know i have some people who have allergy issues but gluten soy dairy refined sugar i really feel that knocks out most of the sensitivities people have and unless you have celiac disease that's a real problem but other people sensitivities like i can work with for the most part
0: So you were my personal chef, basically. Yeah. Oh,
1: 100%. I did yours just for you and no one else. Like I was 100% your personal chef. But you're easy. You're in the sense of like sweet potatoes and meat and some veggies. Like that's half the time I have the veggies already. I always have rice or like sweet potatoes, you know, like lean around. Like that's easy. Now, now my it's funny because I have dogs and I cook for them. My dogs get your meals now. That's what I make for them every. Oh week. really? Yeah, it's like That's the same so funny, thing. Man. It's just like rice, sweet potatoes, carrots, peas, like a chicken, and it all simmers. And I make it and like yeah, I, st- I actually started a dog food company doing the same thing. Did you really? Yeah. It,
0: yeah. What's that called?
1: It's called Wagtail Dog. It was gonna be called The Rough Life. Yeah, it's I like R-U-F- it. Ruff. Like F- but when I went, when we went to file the license. Someone already had that, and like last minute, I was doing it with a partner. And they were like, "Oh, wagtail," and I was like, "That's dumb." But okay, let's roll with it because we already have orders coming in from people. And I've been doing it on the side, but it, we kind of kind of standstill right now because things have, things have been too crazy. Well, I guess we'll get into it. But like, because I just I don't know if I told you, but like, I built my own kitchen, like my own no. commercial kitchen. Yeah, I'm not working out of like rent anymore. Like, I have my own commercial kitchen now. Oh shit, man, good for you. Yeah. When did that come about? January. Oh shit. yeah, January. Uh, my, uh, uh, I guess you could say like a a kitchen partner and I. Um. I guess I'll say shout out to Dan, your kitchen. Uh, they, uh, they own a catering company and we were all working out of the same kitchen. That's actually a really wild story. I don't know if we'll get into that, but uh, no, we, tell it, tell we, it. <laughs> I, then uh, then it's oh, okay. They, uh, we were, we, uh, we worked in this kitchen with this guy who was a bit unhinged and uh, we just, it was a bad environment. It's a bad toxic environment. We were trying to get out of it. And we found a a kitchen. We found a spot to be able to work out of that. They already had like a hood system in and a walk-in. And we're like, yo, we're going to get our own kitchen because we're growing so fast. We need it. And we're tired of people renting our, double booking our cooking spots and times. And it was just very stressful. So we told the owner, hey, um, we're putting our notice. I was taking time off for Christmas anyway. So I said, here's here's my month notice. I'm going to be here for a month. I'm getting my stuff out. And he just lost his mind. Like saying that we backstabbed him and all this. I said, man, it's just business. And like, I'm leaving because you act like this and you stress me out and it's just bad for business. <laughs> so the next day I told him we'd be in to get our stuff and we're moving out. And he was like screaming at us, telling us how we could have sat down like gentlemen and talked about all this. Like, there's nothing to talk about. dude. I'm getting my own kitchen. Like, I'm not taking people, your people. I'm just, I need my own space. I'm growing, you know, thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to grow and move out of here. Anyway, the next day we're moving our stuff out. Told him we'd be there at 930. He shows up and the dude just grabs me by the shirt shakes me, pushes me into one of my guys fist up, like ready to fight. And I had just gotten over COVID. Like I just started testing negative and like, I was sick. I was weak. And it's not I looked up because I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to hit this guy because he's assaulting me in front of everybody. And there was like a camera on. I was like, Oh, you just, you screwed yourself. Cops had to come. They had to put him in handcuffs. He was screaming and yelling. And I was the cops like, what do you want us to do? I'm like, just wait here while we move all our stuff. This dude is just out of his mind. And there's some other, he had his homies who showed up and they were getting real tough. And I'm like, guys, like, no one's trying to start anything here. We're just trying to get out of here. We just want out. And then he, uh, (laughs) we ended up moving the kitchen, but he claimed that we stole like $10,000 worth of his stuff out of the kitchen. Like, I mean, we bought all new stuff. We don't need his broken stuff. And, uh, it's really sad. It's really sad because they did a full investigation on him and then they watched the cameras and all that stuff. And they found out that they came to the conclusion that he was committing insurance fraud and canceled his insurance, which is my fault. Somehow I get blamed for that. And I kept getting nasty text messages. And I'm like, bro, like committed oh an insurance gosh, fraud. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I don't know. None of this is really relevant, but it's just kind of, it was a huge transition in our own place. This huge, like outburst. And, and I was like, this is why we're getting away from here. We need our own space. I can't, this, this is what I've been dealing with for three years, this kind of mentality and this kind of person. It's so, like, we he- were there often. Yeah, he was in there all the time. He'd be doing his own thing, but it was hard because I like to keep a positive, energetic space, you know. And like what I, you know, energy I put in my my employees, the and what we put in the food. Like if you have that kind of bad, negative energy, and someone who's like that all the time, just unhinged and like, just like unfortunately, like literally off their meds, like. I don't want that energy to be around the food and my people because I really feel like it does affect everything you know and it was stressful going to work every day started to become stressful we didn't know what was going to happen if this guy was going to blow up or what you know and then, so it was just like we need a good we need our own space a clean workspace men, physically and mentally you know yeah so having our own space now has been amazing it's it's the kitchens clean all the time we have we have all new equipment that we bought. You know, I put every last cent I had in this place. And it was almost like starting all over again. But, like, now, like, I'm not having to rent a space from someone. I mean, we have my kitchen partners. They're not part of my business. They have their own business. But, like, we invested in this place together. And we have it together, you know. And being able to go in there and just, like, when i'm mopping the floors it's not like oh, i'm just mopping something it's like these are our floors these are my floors. Yeah. like this is gonna be extra clean because this is i'm prideful in what we have and what we work for you know like like you know dude like when you had your own gym sure right when you opened it and you built it yourself you for sure looked around probably or when you put a new piece of equipment in there you look and you're like dude like i worked my ass off for this and like and this is going to benefit so many people in here you know what i mean and like even when you're just cleaning and sanitizing it you're like proud of it. You don't want it to be dirty. You don't want to be nasty. You know, you just want everything to be nice and tidy. And like you worked your ass off to have that.
0: I agree, man. That's, that's, that's quite literally how it is. And I almost, it's almost a burden sometimes because you're so particular and you're so anal about that new piece of equipment or that new or the new quote unquote baby. I hate (laughs) to call it that, but it's like the, the, you know, that thing that your prized possession, the thing that you work so hard for. You know, it's very, you do your best to keep it, keep it looking new and and people, my studio is six years old and that motherfucker looks not even a year old because Mm -hmm. I'm so anal retentive with everything in there, including the equipment. And even though it gets banged up and shit, okay, but I do my best at keeping everything clean and shit because that's the image of the gym. That's if, if there's a patron that goes in there for a, that has a private access membership, I want them to get the same experience as like a personal training client would mm. where they walk in, everything has got a place, everything's organized, it's put away. It, everything's particular or particular in, in the way that I like it. But that also comes with a burden because you're constantly having to keep things that way. So I almost sometimes wish I was not so much like that, man, because it's it's tough to, be, to remain that way, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I will say I feel like the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Like, and if you didn't care, if you just let it slide, you know, like if I came here and you slide like laundry over here, cause you're just folding your laundry, like, ah, oh, it's fine, like Ryan doesn't mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you like only had one light, the lighting wasn't good. And like one light went out you'd be like, oh, it's fine, I'd roll with one. Instead of like getting it replaced, like just like those little things, like letting those little things slide though, like those show, like it's not just that one thing, they show throughout the rest of your life. And that's how I feel like if I just let shit slides, if I just like, oh, it's, it's fine. Like no one cares, like, yeah but I care I care not not like I care about your shit I mean I care about my shit like you care about your shit you know and if you start letting those things slip then everything else starts slipping and I, and don't get me wrong that's just how it works for me but I feel like it tells it's more like the you know don't talk about it be about it like you know you got to set your own example for yourself and for others like being a leader like in my kitchen if I if they're like hey chef like let's mop this you know we got to mop the kitchen still and if we've been in there like 12 hours I'm like you know what guys, like we're tired. We'll just we'll just do it tomorrow. Like coming into a dirty space, starting your day fresh like that, like it's not the way to go. Like no, we're going to be here another 20 minutes, and we're going to finish a job the way it needs to get done, and we're going to have a clean workspace. And in case anyone else comes in here, they're not going to walk into a shit show and be like, "What the hell is this?" You know, yeah. they don't need to know that we we're all tired and we worked all day. Like there's no excuses. Like things need to be done right. And again, like how you do anything, is how you do everything. And it needs to be done done well. Like just like you clean your equipment. You say sometimes you wish you were like that, but if you were like that, then maybe it would be maybe you wouldn't be where you are at.
0: True. And I think that if I wasn't to be that way, there would be a piece of my identity that would be missing from the equation, you know, because it's just not like me to not do that. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, it's not like like you're, you know, it's grading. Mm -hmm. We grade everything, bro. And like you, you say that, you know, I don't care about your shit. I care about my shit. I agree with you. However, you when you walk into somebody's space, you grade. Mm -hmm. And so you care on that level because that's it's showcasing that that person really doesn't care that much and that doesn't make it seem like it's that important to that person, which makes it seem like it's not important in and of its, in the entirety of the, the, of the situation. Like for example, when you made the illustration of the podcast room, if you walked in my studio and I had a light out or if I had fucking laundry on my couch, people that are listening, there's a couch here. There's a black leather couch and there's two black leather chairs, but you can't see the couch because it's not in frame. If there were clothes on my sheet on my couch, mm-hmm. and then if I had a light out or something, or if like, I don't know, I didn't have shit set up, you know, you'd be like, uh, is this like really important to you? Because it's not, you're not, you're not ready. You're not ready. And so right. in life, you want to be ready. Like we were talking you know, even off mic, when you came here, like you're like, you said, I like to be punctual, man. Even if I'm just, I don't like to ever be late. And, and you weren't late, by the way, but <laughs> you're like, you want to be five minutes early. So you were like one minute early. You weren't five minutes early, which to you, that's an issue. Mm. But that's the reason that just attests to your professionalism and the way you do things in life, which is the reason why you have a business and you haven't crumbled yet under pressure because you hold yourself to a certain standard and that's important. More people have to hold themselves to standards or else your life will be frivolous and it won't mean anything and it won't be everything it could be. And when I say life, I mean your pursuits, your ventures, the way you do shit, the way you interact with people, et cetera, like all that shit matters. It's holding yourself to a certain standard that keeps everything at very optimized at a very optimized position you know. So I think that's that's important and you have standards on your food. You have standards on your cleanliness. You have standards on your practice. You have standards on all of that, which is the reason why you uphold a certain measure with within within the community of of bravado, so to speak, like about your meals and about the way you do things and everything. It's all tethered in it's all tethered together, man, and you you have that, you've been able to scale repeatedly because you're good at what you do, because you put a standard on your food, you put a standard on your routine, a standard on your practice, etc. You know, the reason why you didn't crumble wasn't because you're just good under pressure. It's because you hold yourself to a standard. It's evident in your body. It's evident in your look and your hair and the way you treat your skin. It's all evident, you're very aesthetic. You're very well put together. But all that is only because You hold yourself at a standard. No one else holds you to any standard. They just take what they fucking get. (laughs) Whenever they see you, they're like, well, this is Ryan. Okay. (laughs) So if you were like fucked up hair and fucking fat, you'd be, oh, this is Ryan, I guess. (laughs) That's what they would think, dude. I
1: think, honestly, if they saw me like that, I think if they even saw me with fucked up hair, they'd be like, yo, are you good? Because they know I hold myself to that standard. Well,
0: you know this I mean?
1: is this is based on uh, you not yeah, ever yeah, being this yeah, way. You know? It, like, no, right, right, right. They're this, taking but, you for face value. Like this is just who they are. Right. It's kind of like unfortunately someone you know. You, I mean, we all have friends, and you know, you've you've had someone who might be out of shape or not, not even out of shape, just not give a shit. We've all had those friends who just don't care. Like, yo, did you wear that shirt three times this week and have Obviously, you haven't washed it because it's wrinkly. We could tell you threw it on the ground and sniffed it two days later, and like I'll put it back on. Like, like what are you doing? You know what I mean? And you wonder why you're miserable and like no one loves me. Yeah, no no girl or dude or anybody's gonna like you like that. Like you gotta you gotta make changes for yourself. And I'm all about taking people for who they are. But I've just I've I've talked to people and I've come to a the realization there's people who everyone wants it easy now. Everyone just wants it's what's comfortable and 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 simply like, you know, we shouldn't have to go to work if it's hard and if we don't enjoy it. I agree, you should enjoy what you do. But sometimes and maybe for years, like Your job sucks and you might hate it, but guess what, last time I checked, you got bills to pay still. And unless you got another way to work around that, like I'm all about pursuing your passion, your career, but sometimes we gotta do the things that suck to keep moving forward and life isn't always going to be fun work isn't always going to be fun some days like you're probably tired as shit from like training and doing stuff and you still have to train someone you might be like man i don't really want to do this But you still got to show up you got to smile you no matter how tired you are and you got to do what you have to do to keep moving and to, and you know for your people too and i just feel we're at a time now where people are they just want they want the maximum pay for just the bare minimum like showing up i've had people who just like it's like hey can you show me how to we got terms in the kitchen so it'd be like show me how to chiffonade and they're like what's a chiffonade michael like, well, first off it's french but you know show me how to what a brunoise. is uh, bruno i'm like okay show me a medium dice what's a medium dice? show me a small dice What's a small it was a large dice? okay so you don't know shit about fuck. got it okay <laughs> are these
0: terminologies that or <laughs> is this terminology that all like cooks should know yes okay so <laughs> can you tell
1: me what those mean a brunoise or like a batonette is like where you would make like matchstick size like with a carrot so there's something called mirepoix we'll start from there mirepoix m-i-r-e-p-o-i-x okay mirepoix <laughs> it's french for it's like a base of all soup. so it'd be like onion celery carrots and usually you throw garlic in there so that's like a base but a lot of times you chop up mirepoix as just a base for everything whether you're doing soups or you're braising like beef short ribs or anything so you want everything to be uniformed, even if it's all just getting cooked off. Uniformed, I mean everything the same size, same shape. Because a lot of times when you see something on a plate, whether it's like braised meat that has all the mirepoix on it with like a sauce, like if you have a piece of celery that's a perfect like half inch by half inch cube, which is a medium dice, and all of a sudden you have this piece of celery this fucking big and this long, like you're going to be like, what is that? Like what is this half ass? like someone just – everything has to be uniform. And that's the part with cooking that – That happens like everything. It's so militaristic. Like when it comes to cooking, everything has to be perfect and the same every time. Like like if you went to one, if you if you went to Jocko's, (laughs) what's your favorite part about like the dinner? If if, other than the steak, okay, the steak, obviously the steak. But what what other sides do you get that you eat on your cheat meal? By the way,
0: Uh, baked potato with loaded baked potato. Uh, I love their bread. Okay, and then I dip. This is like my thing. I dip the bread because it's laid with butter. Yeah, grilled with butter. In the bean juice. Okay. And I eat, and then so there's that, and then, and then I think I think honestly that's it. So baked potato steak, and then the bread and the beans, and then you know cheesecake. The baked and potato? Covered. Is it
1: just like a baked potato and they cut open and they load it yep. up in there? What if they just brought it to you with the potato just like that and nothing on top of it? And what if the beans came with like the juice, but there was no juice in there? It was just the beans. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This isn't like like I come here because I know exactly what I'm getting. Like, and this is off, you know what I mean? Or what if your steak was only grilled on one side? You know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, what is this? Like, like am I being pranked? My point is like consistency. You go there because you know it's going to be consistent every time and you know what you're going to get. Like it's not going to be different. The salad, they're not going to be like, hey, we tried some new dressing tonight. You know, you're like, no, you're going to get your fucking ranch or your blue cheese or whatever. And no one's going to do in the back. The server is going to go there with the bowl and they're going to pour it over themselves. That's what they do. Like they don't change anything. And you go there because you enjoy it because of its consistency. If it was different the next time you're like, hey, we're trying something new. You'd be like, no, I don't want you to try something new. I want exactly what I get. This is why I'm here because I know what I'm getting. So my point is that consistency, like you, you want everything in the kitchen when you're cutting things, especially if I'm, if I tell someone I want, I want basil that's knotted. It's where you take basil, you stack leaves on top of each other, you roll it, I guess like you would a joint, you just roll it (laughs) and then you slice it as thin as you can. And it makes these rounds, they're like, like little swivels and you open it up and see these, it's like these ribbons, but it's very specific, a chiffonade, that's how you do it. And So if I told someone, you know, I want mirepoix cut in like a medium dice, all the carrots, onions, and celery should all be cut the exact same way, in the exact same shape, the exact same size. So my point is, when I'm training someone and telling them, the whole point is we're going back and talking about people doing the bare minimum and wanting the most. If I tell someone, hey, grab, you know, do five pounds of mirepoix, five pounds of each carrots, onion, celery, and cut them in a large dice or medium dice or a small dice, whatever, and they're like, what's that? I'm like, okay, so you have no experience, but you're telling me you want top dollar to be here, like. Like, you know, like people want to be able just to show up and not know anything, but expect the most. And then when they do it, when you ask them to do anything above and beyond that, they're like, this is hard. It's like, no, like you got to pay your fucking dues. You have to come in here and work and learn. Like if you want to step into a kitchen, just listen. Don't try to pretend like you know anything. Just there's so much to absorb in here. And most people are willing to show those skills what they've learned. I never went to culinary school, but I know those culinary school terms that they teach you, you pay $70,000 to learn. You know what I mean? Like all those things I'm telling you, like the base of a soup being Mirapur and like nod and dices and um, brunoise and all that stuff. Like that's all stuff that friends of mine who went to culinary school paid $70,000 to learn, who taught me because mm. they cared about me because I showed interest because I was willing to shut the hell up, put my head down and learn and do what was hard. I left the job, I think it was like making like 14 bucks an hour at like 20 years old working at a grocery store to go make $8 an hour cooking, working harder than I ever have in my life, long hours, no overtime work cleaning off the clock, very illegal. Like all this stuff happened, if, if your station wasn't ready, if your station, meaning like all your food got wiped out the night before, well there's no overtime allowed. So you had to have the integrity to be like, I don't have, if we had to be there at 2 p.m., we had three hours to get ready for dinner service by five. But you knew you couldn't get all that prep done in three hours. But you could do it in five. You went in two hours early out the clock and you got that shit done because that's what had to be done for you to be ready and prepared for five PM. It wasn't like, hey, you're not paying me for it. Like that wasn't that wasn't it. Because if you came in on time and you didn't have it done, it was like, why wasn't this done? Well, I came in on time. Well, then you weren't working fast enough. So it's like, yo, you gotta do what you gotta do to put your head down and do it. Even if it's like illegal, like not getting paid, you know, on the clock for doing stuff. But what I'm saying now is it's it's hard with people working now and even finding help because people don't have they have no they have no experience and they don't want experience that that's they just everyone I feel like I feel like the whole not the stimulus but remember when everyone was getting like twelve hundred bucks a week mm-hmm. from what from the unemployment checks. I never got that shit and I get well, and points twelve hundred dollars a week I feel like that was the most. Irresponsible thing they could have done because there's 19 year old kids who have been working for like two weeks of their life just learning how to like bag groceries and they're like, hey, here's 70, here you're getting paid like someone who's making $70,000 a year. That ruined those kids. Yeah. Because then when he had to go back to the real world and make $13 an hour minimum wage to work at Starbucks, they're like, what the hell I was making? a week and now I'm going to make you know $400 a week like that's insane and I feel like it really ruined people because they come and they have this unrealistic expectation that someone like me like a small business can afford to pay somebody to cut potatoes for $70,000 a year
0: exactly that was there was a lot of that people weren't even going back to their jobs man because they weren't making the same amount of money as they were making when they just stayed home and did nothing right and so it was hard for like business owners such as yourself to find people that were willing to work
1: how to- how toxic do you feel like that was? And I'm not gonna get all conspiracy theorists on all this shit, but like, but fuck make, it, let's do it. Pain people to stay at home. Like, how did that? How much did that poison them to now feel like I got to sit at home and do nothing and make seventy thousand dollars a year? Why would I go have to get up in the morning to make less and actually have to work when I could just ride this thing for as long as I possibly can? I feel like it made people mentally fat and lazy. Yeah. It where, because when it was over, they're like, I mean, dude, a year is so long to do nothing and to get in that routine. To get in that routine mentally and, and physically, then having to go back to work, everyone was like, oh, like I was doing just fine, like sleeping in as late as I want and doing this shit. And, but like, I feel like it really screwed with people mentally. And I, I, I you know, there's, they, they weigh the pros and cons of what they do on the world and they know what the effect is going to have mentally and chemically on people's brains. So like, to be like, hey, you know, this is the way we keep people a little bit more where they want. We'll pretend like we're, they're getting a lot from us. But make them lazy and mentally lazy and not have any motivation. So when things get back to normal, there's no motivation for anything.
0: Yeah, that's not a conspiracy. That's fucking reality. That's what <laughs> happened, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you nailed it. And the fact is, like, you we, we were just breeding. When I say we, I mean, like, the government, per se. We're just breeding lazy, lazy fuckers more, more so than we already were. You know what I mean? Like the people that want to go out and start businesses and whatnot, they're clearly not lazy. They clearly have more of a drive. There's an impetus behind them to do better, be better. But the people that, but people that just working, by the way, we need those people. We need the people that are just laborers, man. Mm-hmm. They're very pivotal to building a company, to building anything. They didn't really care because obviously the there's no person that unless they're unless they want more for their life, that's going to stay home or or rather go out and make less money doing more work than if they were to just stay home, play video games, read a book, watch TV, watch Netflix, binge on that and make more money. I mean, there's just it just it makes sense, dude, unless you want more for your life. And there's only us. There's a very small percentage of the world that want more for their life, that want and have that have dreams and visions and, and will at, at at any cost do what they have to do to play those out. How long it takes five, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever they'll be in that. They'll be in the driver's seat there until they reach your destination. There are a lot of people that just don't think that way.
1: No, I, 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 and you know what, I, that's where I, I, I hold. I don't mean to, but I think I hold people to my standard. Like, I expect sometimes people to be on my same wavelength, and, and that's that's wrong of me. Like, when I see people not give a shit, when I see them, like, when they make food and it's just sloppy, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that looks like crap. Like, it's good enough. Like, they're, like, that's one of my terms I can't deal with. It's good enough. If you have to say it's not good enough, you're telling me everything I need to know about you. That, oh, it's good enough. No, it's not. And I'm not saying everything in life has to be perfect, but it should be fucking perfect. Like... Put, if you put all the effort you have into that, like it's it's not hard. You just have to give a shit. And I can't, ex- I tend to expect everyone to give a shit, and I realize they don't. That not everyone wants to go out there and and bust their ass. Like like I'm, dude, I'm stressed out all the time because I have a million things coming my direction, and, and and if I drop one ball, it all crumbles. Whether it's emails or deliveries or remembering, you know, making sure that we have enough. I have enough staff work up for the weekend, and there's countless things I get into it. But like I hold people thinking that. Some, that people want more like you said and people sometimes people don't some people just want to go nine to five clock in clock out Saturdays Sundays off or they sleep in Saturdays mow their lawn do whatever you know like or, or drink on the weekends and that's my own flaw that I have thinking that I expect people to want more with their life and some don't some people just exist and that sucks I think I just think like that sucks what a waste but not everyone's going to have drive like I do and like you do. And don't get me wrong. Like it's not always fun. It's fucking exhausting having drive and knowing that the worst thing is when you put all you have into something and it comes out great and you're still like, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. I could have worked a little bit harder. I can do that. And it's great. Everyone or whatever that outcome is like it is, it is great, but you are still never good enough for yourself. You're always like, that could be better I was like no like that you did a great job or like this food is amazing I'm like yeah but I should have added this when it there's nothing wrong with it just being your own worst critic I'm sure I'm sure you're like that too where you're just like you always feel like you could have done a little bit more even though you know you put 110% in but in the back of your mind you're not ever satisfied with yourself
0: agreed and people that are on the outside that are not that way will look at you and they'll think you have an issue that you think that way about yourself Oh, you're never satisfied. You're never going to be satisfied. Hmm. And it's not the case. It's that I know I could do better. There's a difference between being satisfied and knowing I could have done better. But people like that won't understand the where you're coming from. They won't understand your way of thought because they're not that way. It's like it's like talking. you're talking foreign to somebody. And they can't understand the language you're speaking. So just don't talk. I just don't talk to them about that. I just... I pat, I shrug it off and I just, I I keep quiet because internally, I mean, internally I'm, I'm ruminating on it Hmm. massively, but that's not for them to know. No one needs to know the war that's going on in my brain Hmm. about whatever thing I'm putting my energy into. All you need to know about and care about is the end finished product. That's it. Yeah. Don't need to worry about the operation, what I think about regarding it, where I want it to go, how I'm doing in the interim of everything. No, just concern yourself with the end product. And that's the only thing that people give a shit about anyways. Right.
1: No one cares about the journey it took you to get there. No one cares that half my staff didn't show up this weekend. You know what I mean? Or like, or an oven went out. Like, like I still have, uh, I still have, I still have to provide this food and these things for these people. You know what I mean? And like you said, they only care about the end result. Like, I can't go online and be like, hey, like, I had it really hard this weekend and this happened, that happened. Like, well, these people are paid up. They're already paid up. What am I going to do? You know, like, I owe it to them. Like, they don't care. And I know there's a lot of people who've told me, like, hey, just be honest with people. Just tell them what's going on. Like, no one gives a shit about what I'm going through. People want their food. They're paid for that. And some people are good people and they, they do, but like, no one cares. Cause a lot of times I do, I know a lot of my clients, but there's some clients I'll get emails and they're like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, man, this person really thinks like, I have a receptionist or someone sitting behind a desk just taking emails. Literally, no, I'm fucking driving like, "Oh, hey, sorry about your order, it'll be on the way." You know what I mean? Like it's just me. Like it is me. And I'll get emails that are like, "Hey, maybe like it's it's so funny when people word it. I'm like, they really think I have this like huge operation." I mean, it is big, but like that I have this staff and there's a team and someone taking phone calls like it's me. It's me. And I I'll get emails at 10 p.m. and I'm like it takes everything I have to not email them back cuz I'm like got to set boundaries for yourself. I just I'll, I'll, I'll answer 9 a.m. tomorrow which would be like normal business hours and by 9 a.m. I'll have a text I'll have an email like hey I emailed you I didn't hear back I'm like you email me at 10 p.m. last night is now 8 50 a.m. like just chill you know
0: well it's like that now you're where you're doing everything now but it's not gonna be like that forever and people don't understand that when they're trying to build something they think oh well this is too much for me to take on up myself but you don't have the resources to hire a massive team yet, but that's coming. But you have to build up something enough to where you have validity in what you're doing to then be able to hire a team and have this massive operation. But that before that, grassroots, man, you're doing all this yourself, maybe one other person, like an assistant with you. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. But that's what it's, that's, it's stays that way for years. People don't understand that, man. Yeah. So you better be willing to take on all, a lot of the brunt of the work, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I'm first and foremost, I'm a cook. You know what I mean? Like running the business side, that's a hard part. Like cooking, I can do it all day. That's fine. Running the business, like and expanding, like, Oh yeah, I got, I got a, I got a big gig coming. And it's I can't re- I can't really say much about it, which sucks because I brought Why it up. Why would you fucking say that then? <laughs> but like it's gonna be a game changer. Everything's gonna change. So I'm just I'm honestly just waiting for uh it to get approved. It's already up in like the admin by me working, possibly doing something really big with a really big uh we'll just call it a team.
0: Can you give us any more insight as to what you're trying to allude to?
1: Um I don't want to get too ahead of myself and I also don't I'm not like superstitious like jinxing it you know but I'm uh, let's just here yeah, okay I'm in the works of providing for a whole an entire athletic program
0: nice so whole, here in the in the five cities slow county slow county
1: slow county um, and I'm doing a whole athletic program and if this if when this thing takes off which we're hoping January it's already like everything's done I've submitted told them what I can do they think it's great it's just going into like um like a budget situation can they fit it in the budget but if it does like it's it's gonna be a game changer everything's gonna be huge everything's gonna change my life's gonna change the people around me are gonna change I'm gonna be able to supply jobs like because you know right now my operation is two days a week it's just still wham bam because it's what we could fit in but this will be like more of a five Four or five day work week and what I'm stoked about is to be able to supply like full-time jobs for people Yeah, who I have some people who just they're great in the kitchen But they do little odd in jobs two days for me two days for someone else one day here Like I want to be able to supply full-time gigs for people where They don't got to worry about how they're gonna pay their bills and like they're on my payroll and and I can take care of People too. like I have my team and I'm taking care of my people, you know That's saying I have some great people that do work for me and I want to be able to do more for them but being in the position I I'm in, and it's two days a week, and business always you know it goes up and down depending. Um, I just want to be able to do more for them, and know they're taken care of, and supply. But uh, yeah, so if this gig goes through, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. So when you say the people
0: around me are gonna change, what does that mean? The what? The people. When you say the people around me are gonna to- like everything's like gonna the, change. Like
1: the people around me, like the people who people who ride with me
0: (laughs) oh i see like (laughs) Like their lives are going to change
1: yeah it'll change it'll change like the the, and the people who work for me like it's going to be a game changer it's just it's a good let's just say it's a good contract for everybody involved like it's a it's an official like contract like chances are if this happens in a year i might not be doing what i'm doing right now i might exclusively be just athletics yeah Yeah. You know, actually now I'm thinking about it. I can do that. I might have to have two separate kitchens because I don't want to get, I I, actually, I refuse to give up on my people, the people I'm helping now, the people around here. I refuse to let like money or some other kind of better deal come along and take away from what I'm doing. Because I set out, I mean, it's going to be great because it's going to be helping an athletic program, but I still set out to help change people's lives and change people who don't know how to eat what to eat and they just need help or they don't want to cook at night because they're busy with their families like i still want that done so there's going to be a multitasking situation that might mean like a second kitchen involved that i build specifically for one and then like this has always been my dream is to help people yeah that would be awesome and feed them and know what they're you know how to live their lives and longevity because you can train all day you can do that but you can't out train a bad and i hate the word diet but diet you know like if you eat like shit and still work out you still eat sugar and drink like two liters of like coke a day like probably gonna get diabetes you're gonna die or have arteries that are clogged like you know live till you're 60 like people do not understand the importance of whole food ingredients you know and um because it's so easy to have fast food readily available to us the crazy thing is i know probably not you but in case anybody else has seen like fast food it's like in it's not what it used to be you used to go to mcdonald's and get like a cheeseburger for two bucks and fry you could fry a drink burger for five bucks dude now you could barely get it under like 19 dollars really yeah and my meals are like $15 a piece and people are like that seems expensive and I'm like compared to what you go to five guys for a burger for the burger itself is $17 really yeah then you get fries it's an extra $5 jeez and man. then you get a drink if you get a drink like so I'm always telling people like in compared to what because my my costs have skyrocketed since COVID that would have told you it was the biggest thing like 300 percent. like chicken went up it cost me 300 percent, and I kept like more so pricing on my meals is like I was pretty much giving these meals away so I had to adjust my prices a little bit. They went up like a dollar each, but I'm still working that out because everything just keeps going up, 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 up. And I yeah. kind of adjusted that. Well, how
0: do with, with other meal prep companies, because I know you know like competition. So like when it comes to the what they're charging, and I'm sure you have people that come to you like, well, I can get a meal from blah, blah, blah. And it's only blah, blah, blah. How do you combat that? What is your opening argument? Because I know you have to be professional and you can't tell them, look motherfucker I use top-notch ingredients and these guys are not or they're not sourcing the meat from who I'm sourcing Mm -hmm. from etc etc so how does that go
1: it's easy I really I don't I don't ever say anything to put those people down because they're just doing what they think they know best and even though half of them are ripping me off we don't need to get into that because they've approached me about it and and it was it went bad who's approach you no we don't we don't we definitely don't need to get into that. we're gonna leave that one alone uh, we've we've kind of made amends since then okay Um, I'll tell you off the camera okay perfect <laughs> and uh, I just tell them hey look you can go try them try them you get it cheaper but like it's you're gonna you're gonna know the quality when you eat it like that's fine I and I understand you're trying to save a buck that's fine but what are you sacrificing for that dollar and and people have went and they they did it for a week or two and they're like oh this sucks yeah because what separates me it's easy like i have real passion and drive i didn't get into this because like oh i can make money like i i literally dedicated my life to cooking and learning i I threw i didn't throw away took like my my 20s of like you know not partying not doing all these things i mean i still had fun but like just grinding in the kitchen and learning from people who are willing to teach me and working late nights and and learning about flavor combinations and taking pride in what i'm doing and I think that shows in my food. Like, what sucks is that sure the food's in a bag, it's in a vacuum seal bag. It's not the most pleasant thing to look at. But the longevity compared to everyone else, that was a big difference too. How many other places can you take food in a container for ten days when your fridge is still be as fresh as the day you made it? It's not. It's gonna be nasty within five days. Mine will last you up to ten days in a fridge, and you can travel with it. It's easy. So like the longevity is a trade off for it, like looking pretty. Also, I have the food knowledge. And a lot of these people, they were just like, "Oh, I cooked at home," or like, "I was a mom." and uh i like to cook for my kids so i could cook for other moms or they have someone else they work for it tells them hey make this food and go rip off ryan's fucking recipes and see how he does it well it's fine you can try to do that but like i understand flavor combinations i understand what ingredients go with what and it's just the passion and love that i have for cooking it's no one around here no one around here really compares i have i do have I do have, there is one girl who actually has a meal prep company and she's really great. Her name's Elena. I'll give her that. She owns Mindful Meals. So I'll even plug her. Like that's how much I like actually appreciate her. We kind of stay out of each other's territories, but she's great. She, I think she was a chef for Facebook, but she was actually a real chef. Like she's like comparable to me. Like we both have a passion for it and I appreciate what she does. She kind of has a different business model and we just stay out of each other's territory. Like I said, but like, so is she
0: South County or Is she
1: like Los Osos
0: Oh Los Osos She does Los, okay. Los
1: Osos like over there in Morro Bay Like I'm more like slow and stuff like that I've never heard but of she's her She's rad She's super rad And she's she's a great chef too Mindful Mindful meals. meals yeah I know look at me Just plug in other people's meal prep companies Hey
0: man that's good on you dude That's yeah. good on you No
1: like that's she. We've actually had a really good relationship And like you know like sometimes We we'll call each other like Hey like do you ever run into this problem? We're like we'll bounce stuff off each other, you know what I mean? And like, there's just no worries about it. We just get along. And everyone else, all these other companies are like people, they they for some reason always think I'm going to be an asshole. I don't know if it's the way I look. I don't know if it's the nose. I don't know what it is. Nose. Dude. Oh shit. I don't know what. I've never it never is. Never thought that. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like, then they finally meet me. And I'm like, oh, like you weren't as bad as I thought you were going to be. I'm like, why do I put off this asshole persona? Or I know it's because you're ripping off my meals. Like, cause you literally copy and paste. My menu is like I, I... And then, you know, you always feel like you're doing something wrong so you got to find a reason to hate that person because I've talked to those people too and they're just like... Egh. And it's it's <laughs> it's weird, dude. Like, food's one of those things where I never worry about someone doing it better than me because it's my take on my food. yeah And I know how good it is because I put everything I have into it. Am I the world's best chef? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Is there people who do what I do better than me? Probably because they have better business experience. But like when it comes to making the food, I believe... And I don't think I'm the best person in the world but I know my I am confident in that my food tastes good because I taste it and before it goes out I'm tasting it to make sure it's adequate and I would never say it's good enough it's always going to be perfect perfect to my standards of how I want it yeah and I I don't settle for any less
0: well again that's why you're successful man um going back to the whole thing about people think you're a dick or whatever like (laughs) that when they meet you I can tell you why I have that persona about me. If people think that I'm this, that, or the other, what is your authentic take on why you think people don't or think you're a certain way?
1: I think it's because of my body. (laughs) I think it's because of the way I look. I think it's because I don't want to say it's because like I care how I look, but I'm fit. Like I, I was at a store today and someone literally was like, man, you're really fit. And like, that's just normal to me because like, that's how I live my life. And some of the people I'm around, they're fit too. So like, I don't think anything of it, but I think we live in a society where you see people and like people, the average person picks out like, damn, that person's fit. And it's not as, you know, it's more common to us because we surround our lives with that. And I think people think that I'm going to be, I'm judgmental. Because of maybe the way I look and I look at other people different, like I would look at them like, oh, look at that person, they're not fit, you know what I mean? And that's that's not who I am. But I think it's I think it it's funny, I think they think I'm a dick because of the way I look, or maybe present myself.
0: Yeah. And that's before they know you're a chef or whilst knowing you're a chef?
1: Before they know I'm a chef. When they find out I'm a chef, they're like, Oh, actually that's like the icebreaker.
0: So why do you think that do chefs have negative connotations attached to their their name?
1: Some, it depends. It depends on the chef because there are some chefs who are just like raging narcissistic assholes. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, uh, and I mean, you know, there's always that like Gordon Ramsay on TV throwing shit, screaming. And there are chefs. I've had chefs like that. But I think we're just in a different time now. It used to be like you literally were like berated and punished and like yelled at or like food shoved in your face. And you just put your head down and said, yes, chef. You never made excuses. You just – your chef screams at you. tells you you're an idiot. Don't let that happen again. Just all he wants to hear out is yes, chef. Never excuses. And that's kind of how old school you used to be. But now I just – I'm more into like treating people with respect and getting respect back.
0: So that's a real thing because I've seen that on shows. They mm-hmm. take like chef shows. Where they yell and they talk shit to the person, yeah. and they just say yes, chef, yes. So that's a real thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If your chef yelled something at you, if you said something like snarky back or gave attitude, like you could almost almost expect hands. Like your chef would come up to you and be like, "The fuck did you say to me?" Really? And you'd be like, "Oh, sorry, chef." Like, no, it's too late. Pack, grab your knives, get the fuck out of my restaurant Pass- right there, middle of service. Doesn't even matter who you are. Like, it's like, who do you think you are fucking talk to me like that? Like, your chef can do it, and you just, you take it. Yes, chef. Like, if you burnt something, they don't want to know, like... They don't want excuses like, "Oh, I didn't know the elements." Or like, "Oh, the worst student." I hate this too. Is people say it wasn't me. Like, out of everyone, like, "Yo, how come? How come these tomatoes are burnt?" And so it says it wasn't me, chef. Like, who cares? It wasn't you. You're all a team. Like, being the whole, "Oh, it wasn't me. I'm not in trouble." Like, no. Now you are in trouble because you're the one over here fucking not being a team player. Like, I don't care. All we want to hear is, "Sorry, chef. Won't happen again, chef." Boom. Done. Moving on. Yeah. But those people who are like the little weasels, like, "Oh, it wasn't me," and I'm out of trouble. Like, no. You're not safe now. I know exactly. What kind of little rat bastard you are, and like, I don't want you in my kitchen.
0: That's so crazy, man. It's like militant.
1: A hundred percent. I had a sous chef who was like, sous means under, um, so like under the chef's second command. He was from, he would, he went, he was in the Marines and he was militant about everything. Like, a lot of chefs, we they a lot of them, we all have like ADHD too, like bad. Um, we layer everything, everything is labeled in the kitchen. There's not one thing that you can find that is not labeled with a date and a person's initials, so we know how old this is and who also put it away, like in the walk-in in the fridge, we have it all stacked. So in case it's out of place, you're like, okay, who did this? Oh, Ryan did it cause there's RH right there. And where we go back and be like, yo, you put this the wrong way or why didn't you cover this properly? Like everything you can track and trace back to a date, you know how old everything is. We're not serving old food. We know who did it, who put it away in case it was done incorrectly.
0: Interesting. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you have to have a, a trail. So to speak, totally, you know, because
1: we need to be able to backtrack. If anything happened, we need to be able to go back and like point the source or if something like if we made a mistake, well, how can we not make that mistake again?
0: Man, I never knew the, like the actual internals of this operation how were that you? militant.
1: You would. Okay. Have you seen the bear? I know what? you probably don't watch a lot of TV, do you? I don't know. Do you ever watch TV?
0: Once a week.
1: Okay. <laughs> you give yourself once a week is yes that your, your on, on
0: cheat meal sunday okay when i'm eating fucking ice cream and donuts on the couch yes. that's what i watch. i
1: dude i want you so on is it it's on hulu it's called the bear the it's bear. 30 minute episodes so you might be able mm-hmm. to binge like a couple while you're doing that and it's called the bear and is literally the greatest depiction of what happens in the kitchen i've ever seen and it sounds weird i feel weird saying this but i've had people even be like this reminds me of you is it's very strange. Cause it's about this guy. He was a Michelin star chef. Michelin, Michelin stars are how they, how they rate some of the finest restaurants in the world. I think four Michelin stars is like three Michelin stars, like the highest. I feel like I should know. Um, they go, it's from, it's not just from the food. It's from the way the napkins are folded to the service to the ambiance. They rate this. This dude is one of the best chef de cuisines, which means he was a, the food chef. He comes up with the, like the menu and stuff in the world and uh his brother dies and he owns this little like sandwich shop in uh, chicago and so he goes to take over the sandwich shop from like being one of the top chefs in the world to just like apron white shirt work making sandwiches and he's just trying to figure out how to navigate life and keep his brother's little sandwich shop above water while dealing with his brother who committed suicide and like how to navigate that and figure out why he's so in debt but like it shows they like they did us uh, so I say, ask yeah, service industry people such justice on showing the lingo in the kitchen how when you walk when you walk behind someone in the kitchen you yell behind because that person get to have something hot and they turn around like boiling water or a knife and if you don't know they're there they don't say if someone's standing behind you you could just turn and boom you're you, you know bad shit so you behind whenever you walk behind someone you let them know you're there happens to me all the time i'm in a grocery store and i'm walking by and i'm like behind and people are like what the fuck are you doing back there <laughs> but dude it's just engraved um they use like lingo they talk about how they talk to each other how like meticulous everything is and why you're doing it right my point is like it, if you didn't know how all this went like the show is amazing at depicting and respecting what happens in the kitchen so much it's called the bear and it's a great story too it's, it's called bear or the bear the bear the bear the bear on Hulu, you'll have you have the dude it, when i watched it I was just so blown away i was and it's it's weird because like i said it's it's interesting it's this guy now running this business a little bit and over his head like his his brother just died i was thinking, like you know my best friend just died like all, like who worked with me all these things there's so many things that i can relate to and it's not like i'm forcing it like i really want to relate this character because he's a chef you know like it's insane the shit that happens in the show because i'm like why is this my life no it's shit. so weird dude it's really weird but and
0: people have told you like that's
1: i've had people be like yo this room how why does this remind me so much of you and it's like no, like multiple people and i I, f- I don't know like i said i feel like i'm so cheesy being like yeah it's like my life it's like my fucking life bro it's insane current day current day still trying to navigate this damn thing and figure out how to run a business and well yeah. what apart from the
0: athletics contract where do you see it going in the next like three years
1: next three years i think uh dude i mean that really just depends on the athletic thing and it's not like i'm banking on just i just know where that will go if that takes off but that aside um i think there i've been working on being able to ship meals i have people all over california who want the meals and like i know a lot of companies they do it you know freshly all these places they they ship meals they have boxes the insulated boxes All that stuff. There's a way to do it. It's just so expensive for the clients. Like once you get the boxes and the the gel packs and shipping, it's like seventy extra bucks. I'm like, no one's gonna pay that. Seventy extra, yeah. Because you gotta buy the box, which is like twenty two dollars, which sounds crazy unless you get them wholesale. Then the insulated piece that goes in, that's like four dollars. You gotta get those frozen gel packs that you're never gonna get back, plus the weight of it. And I'm like, there's there's companies that do this all the time. So there has to be an efficient way to do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And then how do they? That was kind of the question I was. That I asked you like I don't know probably thirty minutes ago, ab- about how like your competition, how they're doing like when they do it so much cheaper, mm-hmm. but not cheap. when I say cheaper I mean like by three dollars a right. meal or two dollars. I don't know a how they're making money. Exactly, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like how are they making money if they're o- if they're only charging that much money per meal and they're also shipping shit, mm-hmm. doing yep. the dry eyes. Well, they're or going.
1: What they're doing is volume, and that's where you make up for it. Like. Like, you can, you know, you can charge $7 a meal if you're doing 50,000 meals a month.
0: Even if they're, like, good gourmet look. Like, not gourmet, but, you know, like, they got different sauces. They got, you Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't know how they do it, honestly. I I don't know how they do that, but I'm thinking you can try. It could be cheaper, but if you sell so many of them, you're making up on the volume. You know what I mean? It's like if you sold… Yeah, it's just the sheer volume that they do and they're getting also, you know, buying getting wholesale. I, I I don't know how these big companies do it like that. Um even then they're not really getting it a whole lot cheaper like it's still like like 15 like again like my meals like they're $15 a piece, which is still a deal. I don't know where anyone else eats for under that. And like everything you do is it's grown in Slow County. Like it's local as local can get. You know, everything's free range, all, all our stuff's grass-fed. If when we get beef um, there's no pesticides. It's organic. Like, um, like I like all this stuff is what costs us top dollar to make sure we're giving top quality to our clients. <coughs> Excuse me, top quality to our clients, and you know, like it, it costs money. Like, if you've been to the grocery store, if you've bought boneless, skinless chicken at a grocery, store, you'll see. It costs as much as what we used to pay when we used to get like a tri tip at the store. You know what I mean? It's like seven, eight dollars a pound for chicken. Like air chilled, like organic, free range chicken, like seven, like Trader Joe's like seven ninety nine a pound. Like that's insane for a pound. Yeah. You know, and like it doesn't it's not much less for me, even at wholesale, which it's just everything has gone up and it's so hard. It's it's hard. I don't know how some of these businesses sell stuff. Like I feel like they're losing money. Like, I don't know how they do it because I can't, I literally have to raise my prices more just to be able to keep my business running. Right. You know, and I'm my, my irrational fear is like people are going to think I'm trying to take advantage of them. And it's like, dude, I'm just getting this thing covered now, you know, because like, like before COVID, like and during COVID, like things were good. And I haven't changed my business a whole lot. I mean, I've incorporated new recipes and done stuff, but it's just like the profit margins just go down, down, down because the prices just go up, up, up.
0: Does that make you not want to do it anymore?
1: No, I mean, I want to do it. I just, there has to be a way. I, unfortunately my only answer is I know that like, like anything else, gas goes up, you know, price of new pair of shoes goes up. New shirt from Lululemon is going to be, you know, 85 instead of 78, dude. I know how much that shirt costs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, well that's before your discount.
0: Yeah. Before the discount. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, they, uh,
0: and speaking of discounts oh. you're an ambassador for lululemon people go. should know that, that. So you get a fucking fat discount
1: yeah i'm officially a legacy ambassador now
0: oh nice yeah man.
1: so my my uh my run with them has come full circle uh, i'm done oh you're no done, i'm then. not done i'm forever an ambassador but we're called what's a legacy ambassador now so it means like my giant huge-ass picture isn't up on the wall anymore. It sits in my That's living room bummer. on the
0: floor. That's a bummer, man. No,
1: I know. They they do cycles for two years over there, and then they bring in new new ambassadors. Like, you know, they keep it fresh. But, like, I um, I was one of the only... Me and two other people were the only ones they kept on for a three-year contract. Because after two years, they dropped everyone. But we didn't get to do a lot on our second year because of COVID, so we kind of got screwed out of it. So when they're like, hey, we're offboarding you, thanks. And I was like... I kind of threw a fit. I just had surgery and I was really high as shit on pain pills. <laughs> and I kind of might or may not have threw a fit. Like, what'd you guys do for us this last year? What? Like, so we just get kicked off like that and you're not going to bring anyone on for a year. Why aren't you going to keep us for an extra year? And like, right. they pulled some strings and kept me on for an extra year. Not my proudest moment, but hey, I got uh, I got another year out of it. So that was, that was fun. awesome, man.
0: Yeah, man. For people that don't know, I mean lulu is like the only thing i wear dude it's probably the same thing for you
1: it was until recently what happened so it was like i I have one, two, seven drawers full of lululemon yeah. so like i still shorts i wear dude i've come across god i feel like i shouldn't be plugging them without getting paid uh and i'm sure you've seen it um workout attire like young la
0: oh yeah I've dude seen i that.
1: love well it's great because it's harder for me because like as you know like i'm short like i got this shirt on right now you know and That's this young an la shirt. shirt yeah yeah so you don't know nice, nice yeah and like they have stuff that's for- fitted for people who work out and um, big thing is it's hard for me to find a lot of shirts because I'm shorter so stuff that fits my torso yeah. or even my arms and they fit they make stuff for smaller people which is kind of cool
0: what's the what's the fabric like comparable
1: Uh, their workout shirts are very similar to that like the moisture wicking um, but the thing is they have different shirts and they all have different fabrics and there's specific ones I like when I ever come with anything new workout wise I literally have like all the like different kind of shirts they have but they have like one called a delt shirt like it's like, like that like you see how we're wearing seamless shirts yeah. and I like that because I feel like a lot of times it cuts here and it makes you can't see like definition or like cuts my shoulders off but short shirts like this you're able to have like More of you could see like a rounded delt look. You you can.
0: That's the thing that that's what make that shirt look really good, bro. You see more delt shoulder trap. And
1: they have specific shirts like the delt shirt, like that. You know what I mean? And so it's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I just really like they come with new stuff all the time. They get me, and it goes straight to text message, like, oh, new drop in two minutes. I'm like, click link. (laughs) And here it is. And I'm like, add the car, add the cart. And I'm like. Man, that's what I need to be doing. I need to be getting on that text message game for my meals with my menu where it sends oh, yeah. people a message every week like, here's the menu on Wednesday, here's the promo code, save, you know, ten percent off. Speaking of if you ordered today, you send save ten percent off by using an early bird code at cleanmachinemeals.com. Nice. <laughs> no one's gonna hear this today anyway. <laughs> well, no, it's dropping today. So it's dropping it? tonight. You're so they might hear oh, oh yeah,
0: man, I fucking monster. Okay. I'm that's a monster, fair. bro.
1: We gotta we gotta. Oh, let's talk about something real interesting. I feel like talking about my food. and stuff. Okay, real like, quick. I want to ask,
0: yeah. is what shirt is that called? The Delt shirt.
1: I don't. I think this is a classic, like the scallop tee. It's called. Okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll pull them on, once we're done here. I'll, I'll cruise. Because I like it with that you. shirt, man. Well, they have like so. This is just like a regular like t-shirt they have, and I like it a lot. But then they have like the workout shirts, like the Delt shirt. I'll show you, dude. I I love, and it's all super reasonably priced. Like not like under, any of their shirts are never over thirty two dollars.
0: Oh man, Jeez. regular
1: shirts and workout shirts, and dude, their sweats, you're gonna lose your shit.
0: You know, you know. Compared to Lulu, that's nothing, dude.
1: You can get three of these shirts for the price one, and I sound so stupid saying that because I plugged Lulu for so long, and I love it. Like it's fine, but like I found these, which I like adequately, adequately, adequately as much. That costs a whole lot less. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I can the- get three. I can get three of them for the price one, and it's not like it's worse quality. It's like very comparable. Is it really? Yeah.
0: Like the metal vent tee, like
1: t- metal vents all I wear when it comes to workouts right. like that. That's yeah. all I wear. And I'll wear a couple different versions that they have, you know, um, yeah, cause yeah. this is a
0: thicker one. You have the one that you also have the ones. I'm sure they're like more of the jersey. Yeah, type. Yeah, I, I don't
1: wear a lot of those. I forget which one that one's called. The sh- The sh- I don't
0: know. They're still metal vent, but they're oh. something like they're they're more they're thinner material than yeah. this. This they're is they're the like,
1: ones you wear during like the summer that's supposed to be like the breeze, isn't it, like breezy? yeah a, yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, they
0: yeah. show more. They're more they, they are thinner. They I wear those to work out a lot. Yeah. Man. Um. Okay. So let's transfer away from food. Let's transfer. <laughs> although that is your your massive area of expertise for you, bro. I mean, it's crazy how much you've attained or retained rather throughout the years of doing of being a chef, you know? And for people that don't know, man, you have to if you not don't if you miss this whole entire podcast, but you maybe, or maybe you hear just a little bit, dude. You need to try clean machine meals. And I'm gonna tell you. I know we're talking shit on the podcast, like how it's so good. I know people will talk about their own food. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. I don't talk about things that I don't like, period. Or I don't think work if it turns into supplements or whatever. Even if it's programming, anything fitness related, anything that I'm, that I'm embedded in. I don't talk about it unless I don't like it or I don't know that it works and it's worked on me. You know, the food. I'm telling you when I told you and Ryan's not looking me in the eyes cause he knows what I'm going to say. He knows I'm going to compliment him right now. The food is fucking crazy good. Like you're cheating when you're eating it. That's how good it is. In fact, you know how much I love my cheat meals, man. I think I've told you this. There were times where instead of a cheat meal, I ate three of Ryan's meals or four at one time. I just, because I love the foods, That much, man. They're that good. Now, I definitely had ice cream after, (laughs) but I had like three or four of the meals at one time. My biggest gripe was when I was done eating, I wanted to eat more. I wanted to have like two meals at one time for one meal. But that's because the food was that good. It kept me wanting more. Again, I don't tell you this because you're here. I don't tell the listeners this because you're here that's my real experience so you need to just try this man's meals one time just try it one time you'll know what i'm talking about in fact you will look at the cover and be oh 440 calories bullshit (laughs) bullshit (laughs) like me
1: (laughs) there's 1800 calories in the at year least
0: thing. man one of my favorites was the pulled pork sliders you had oh we just you remember did those
1: we, yeah we, dude i i hadn't done them probably since and i did them like two weeks ago oh
0: my gosh bro i know that was those were so good and then honestly the stews you did oh, any yeah. stew you did i, I didn't was
1: stew this week why didn't i bring you any oh man <laughs> so i got them at home good. i'll have the, I'll, have the, I'll drop back by i'll bring you some tomorrow because i have them I, I we just made them yes two days ago
0: dude only if you're in the air i don't want you yeah, making yeah, a special yeah. trip man well, I,
1: I meant to bring you something and I was, yeah.
0: Well, fuck. I know what my chingale is going to be. Yeah, it was going
1: to be that, <laughs> that beef stew. That's what we mean. No, I mean, we're getting into the, you know, we do everything seasonally too. Like, I try not to do soups when it's 105 degrees outside, you know what I mean? But I just feel like now we're getting into the fall, I'm like, yes, this is a time I can do like braised meats, pulled pork, oh, yeah. and, like, polenta and, and all that stuff, yeah.
0: Dude, it tell people real quick, like, like, five of the top Selling meals you or five of the favorite meals that you have that people that I really really love
1: this week I did what's called uh pad key mao, which is a Thai dish and it's just like the you can go to any Thai place you are gonna have what's called drunken noodles, and it's just It's noodles with bell peppers and your choice of meat We did chicken this week and this kind of sweet Thai chili sauce and it's, it's a very classic Thai noodle dish And like we did that we did that without soy oddly enough use coconut aminos uh, gluten Or dairy. I mean, never has dairy, but also the gluten part is not hard because in Thai dishes they use rice noodles anyway, and that's what we use is rice noodles. Just it's literally rice flour with purified water. That's it. But like being able to recreate these kind of dishes that are like takeout dishes that you get, which you think unhealthy, like. Replicate those, and those be clean and taste. I mean, identical. Not like, oh, it kind of tastes like it. Like, I nailed this dish, and I had people who were like, oh my god, how did you make Thai takeout for me to take home and have like on demand, you know? <laughs> but I would say the Thai one, and I just did this one recently. People lost their shit over, it, and it was like called the. It was a. It was a pork egg roll bowl, and it was pretty much like the ingredients like a deconstructed egg roll, and it's like lemongrass ground pork. By the way, we grind everything in house. I don't buy anything ground. If we get beef, if we get, if I do chicken or anything, I have a grinder, we grind it fresh right there because I don't trust when I get ground meat in of what's actually in it, the parts. I know when I get it, I'm either doing boneless, skinless chicken thighs and breasts together, or I'm doing pork loin, which is lean pork. I'm grinding it all myself and I can infuse all the flavors with it. I grind like roasted garlic, like, onions, green onions, into it so we're actually infusing the flavors inside. Oh, but man. So I do that all ourselves. But this pork egg roll bowl was like the one of the biggest. Like it just went off. Uh I've been doing a um what was it? Oh, a um chicken and enchilada. I call it like a chicken enchilada casserole. And I say called a casserole because the way it's layered, but it's just a chicken enchilada. We braise the chicken, we do like Spanish rice, like black beans, like charred corn and all that. We make a layer of that. So you do tortillas with the enchilada sauce with the corn and rice mixture, and then the braised chicken in the enchilada sauce and more tortillas, and we put more sauce, and I made this dairy-free like nacho cheese sauce. I actually oh. had someone do a side by side taste of like the Fritos like jalapeno cheddar, and then I did mine, and I just put it on a plate and had them taste it. And, like this one all the way, and I'm like that one, they're like yeah, I'm like that one has n- it's nacho cheese with no dairy in it.
0: Oh and wow! Like what?
1: I'm like that's the Fritos one that we all love out of the can as kids. This is what I made without any dairy, and they're like you're a liar, and I'm like nope. And I went and got the the tub I made it. I was like try it. Like, oh, that
0: must have been so fulfilling, man. When yeah. you when you when they thought that yours was the worst one. Like, well, like the when I mean worse, I mean worse for you. Right,
1: woman. right. Well, yeah. Well, it, the, my point is like I, I literally made it taste like it was nacho cheese, and there was no cheese in it, but no one knew, and that's it looked crazy. identical, taste identical, it was all the same, and that's the point. That's I'm a fucking chef, man. Like, the, and people are always like, oh, is it a secret? It's not a secret. Like, I'll tell you how to do it. But you're not gonna be able to do it the way I do. Cause it's all about technique. You know what I mean. Like, what am I going to tell fucking Ronnie Coleman how to squat? No. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you should try this. Like, I think he was been doing just fine until he had to have like eight back surgeries. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell this dude how to do it because he does it just fine himself, you know? Yeah, it's true. And, and, uh, yeah, dude. Anyway, enchilada with the, with the nacho cheese sauce, like, that's been a huge hit. Uh, the, the butternut squash chipotle chili has always been like a fan, like a favorite. I don't know if you remember. I've that had
0: one. that. I like that one, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's there's another one. Oh, dude, the shepherd's pie, pulled pork. Oh yes,
0: pie. that was another one of my favorites, man. The shepherd's pie.
1: I've been doing a little different now, where I do like a barbecued pulled pork with sweet potato puree as a shepherd's pie. Oh shit, yeah, man! Those are all those are all your jams too.
0: Those are fucking the shit, man. Like like I said, food too good, man. food, food too good to be like kept in a diet or like what i would perceive as a diet
1: right as healthy food healthy alternative man i really just hate the word healthy too though being like this is healthy because everyone just has a bad correlation with health like oh it sucks like oh health food you know and that's why i don't want to say health food i just want to say whole food driven ingredients yeah whole food no non-gmo uh no garbage it's just and that's how food should be like, that's nope. just how it should be. We shouldn't have to worry about what's in our food. And it's such a shit shame that we do. We have to worry about what's in our food, where it's grown, what it's been sprayed with. Like, half the time, these, these when they use pesticides, it, it makes the bugs, the bugs that I get sprayed on it makes your stomachs explode. Like, what do you think that does to us? Like, sure, we're bigger than a bug and our body can take a lot more. What do you think that does to your insides over time of consistently consuming, consuming, consuming? You know? It's whole
0: food. No bullshit, man. That's basically what yeah. it is, and so that's what you that's what you promote. And oh, 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 that's what I wanted to talk about, man. I didn't know this about you, but you were in CrossFit. You were, you, were, you competed in CrossFit.
1: Yeah, I competed for probably five years.
0: You said that in the very beginning. You kind of grazed over it, like. Like I had already known or that people uh, know that about people. Do people know that about you that you compete at CrossFit?
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people do maybe not newer people, but like, that's where I started. So honestly, I owe CrossFit everything for where I'm at now, which like, I'm not a big fan of it anymore. And because like I, I competed and I went hard and like, I got hurt because I, just, I was reckless, you know, but I had a very tight group of friends that I rolled with that. Like, I mean, I would have done anything for and you know what I mean? And we all worked out together for years. And we had we had our we did the workouts. We showed up every day. We had our schedule. We had our, our workouts planned out. And like we rolled together tight as like to all these CrossFit competitions. And a lot of times we dominated. Um, as whether we do the team competitions or individuals, like we had people in the group like dominate that shit. I mean, we did it from here into Pismo, all the way to San Diego. We would go all the way down there. And because I made, I did these competitions in in Paso, and I used to work out in Paso's where I started, and then Atascadero CrossFit was there, and then Pismo, a Chad Over Five City or a C Five Fit, and all over, I made I made connections from doing all these competitions and meeting all these different coaches. And once I made connections with these coaches and started doing what I do now, meal prepping. I had already had these connections, with everyone at the gym. So I was like, hey, like, can I make your spot a drop off location? Do you think your people will be interested? Your clients would be interested. Kind of like I did with you. Like you think your clients will be interested, you know, I could drop off meals. So like without having those connections, like I wouldn't be where I'm, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And it's crazy to think, cause I'm like that was such a time in my life I had a different group of friends, people I would done anything for, a different mentality about what I was doing, a different direction of my life. And <clears throat> honestly, that part is gone. Those people are gone. Like all those people like are gone. That you did cross it with, yeah, it was because it, it was one of those things, like too much of a good thing, you know. We all got a little obsessed with it, and it was one of those things where, like, uh, oh, you missed a week, you went out of town for, you came back, like, oh, you fell behind, bro. Like, don't know what to tell you were moving on without you, like what? Like I made this crew, you oh, know what I mean? Like sure. I, I made this thing, what it was, and it just, it just, I found myself, I found it being toxic and and being so obsessed with it and and it just pouring and it almost had like the whole you can't sit with us crowd like mean girls thing you know and yeah. i i took a step back at that point and i was like this isn't who i want to be this isn't the kind of people i want to surround myself with and it, it it just felt once it took a step back and realized how i was being treated me realize how i was treating other people there at the gym too like if you were in our crowd then like don't come back in our this is our room you know the rest of the gym has this like don't come back here you're not part of our group like that's how i was mentally treating people in my head and i'm like that's terrible that's not who I am and I realized that's how all these people were and I had to take a step back and I was like yo I gotta I gotta leave I'm out and I took off and I went to one of my other buddies' gyms over at headstrong fit Robbie McLaughlin who's a good friend of mine who I started my business and I was like hey I'm ready to leave the gym we were at where it's like my home base like I want to make this my home base I want to have my meals here for your people and he was more than welcoming to do that but yeah dude honestly without it was such a good, bad thing that happened in my life. Without it, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Like, without CrossFit, I wouldn't be where I'm at because I, I wouldn't have done these competitions, which I wouldn't have um, had relationships with all these coaches, which is where I have all my drop-off locations. But then, you know, like I said, I had to get away just because it's just downward spiral with people I didn't want to associate with anymore.
0: So now do you still have drop-off locations?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I say, yeah, yeah. I still have the same drop-off locations. I'm saying the my tight group I was with at my old gym, like that's dissipated i still have yeah. i'm still have good rapport with all the owners all the gyms
0: well people are seasonal
1: hunt dude yeah and it's weird because it was those people where i thought like, this is it my ride or die i think they say you you keep a friend i think for no longer than about four to five years and i had a friend who i, I was i would taking a bullet for any day any day of the week and it was just like one day just boom gone really yeah it was it was crazy like uh, yeah there's a lot of a lot of things that went into that, but like you have a homie where you just think it's your ride or die that you treat, and you realize in the end they didn't have that same respect for you, and that's okay. I, yeah, well, can't you, expect again. You can't expect everyone to have the same mentality and put as for, for put forth as much effort as you do.
0: Well, and that goes that goes also into your business, man. And when people are cooking food, when they're prepping food for you, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, man they may care a lot, but they don't care like you care. And they're not, because of that, they're not gonna put that extra little percentage more into what it takes to, for things to be just right. You know, and it's like, I always, I had a problem scaling my business, where the way to scale my business was to allow other trainers to come in and use my facility. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me because I had to leave my product <laughs> call a product, but have to leave my, my equipment rather to people to treat hopefully well because then when I'm not there and, but I knew that that's the only way for me to scale, to let go a little bit and deal with whatever happens in a appropriate manner as it happens is the only way that I'm going to scale and not hoard this space to myself and only collect when I'm here. That's the only way. And and you have to let th- some things go, which is really fucking hard when you're particular and you have certain standards that you put on everything. It's really hard to just step back and, and allow some things to allow some crumbs to fall from the counter when you don't want any crumbs to fall from the counter on the floor. You know, it's like, that's tough, man. But that's the only that and this is what I would hear from business owners that started out everybody starts out small and then they scale. and this is this is a lot of their advice it's like you're gonna have to be okay with things being 90-10. Mm-hmm. 90% good, 10% bad. Mm-hmm. That's on a that's on a great scale. Like that's yeah. on, your fiscal year, if you had 90-10, great. Mm-hmm. You know, but otherwise, do things independently. And keep doing and keep doing and keep getting what you've been getting, because you only have so many hours in a fucking day. You can only do so much. You're one person. Right. It's really hard, really hard with food. You know, which is the reason why Amber probably does things really well consistently, because they're only open for fucking dinner. Mm-hmm. And they're only open five days a week. Yeah. So it's like if the owner wanted to be there every day and chef every day he could. Right. It's not like he's working breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know. So and, but it's like, if he wants to scale and be bigger, he's going to have to, to some degree, relegate some of the things to other people, right? which might drop quality just a little bit. He won't have the same reputation. He'll, I mean, arguably he'll have a, still a good reputation, but he won't have the same as he would if, if he just stayed still worry and keep doing things the way he's been doing
1: things you want me to explain that to you yeah please because brian's a good friend of mine yeah brian and dave is actually his sous chef and um brian when he opened up ember he was able to go to his old restaurants and handpick his best guys like hey i'm opening up my place i want you to be there so instead of just like putting out resumes and people coming in he went and handpicked his crew and someone like dave who's a sous chef worked for him has mostly been taking care of the food for a while And Brian stands there at the pass usually, which the pass is where all the food comes from the saute station from the grill from the pizza oven and it all comes to him before it goes out where the servers grab it and he puts a garnish on it so he has seen every single plate before it comes out it gets his approval you know if he doesn't like it here wipe that put that you know replate that whatever he does that so it goes but dave is a guy who actually has been doing all the food and now brian's kind of stepped away from that leaving the kitchen to them and he's doing because their general manager left and he's been doing more of the front of the house kind of stuff so leaving it to his crew to make sure it's taken care of and top notch but because he has them trained it's it's like how I, how I do. I mean, he has it. Don't you me wrong. I'm not comparing myself to Brian. But it's like you have to be able to trust your crew a certain amount, right? So you said you might be letting go. You might the, you might suffer a little bit because they're not going to do it as good as you. But when your crew, when you train them to have the pride that you have for the food and a care for the food and you show them your expectations of what you expect, they will settle for nothing less than what you would expect. And that's the hard part. You're defining those kind of people to to care how you care because no one's going to care about your business where you care like like i said you'll wipe down every one of your machines you'll be on your hands and knees scrubbing those floors in every corner someone might throw a mop over it back and forth miss half of it They're like good enough right i don't i'm i'm paying to be here to rent this spot like he can fucking finish cleaning it up you know what i mean like that whole entitlement like why well, pay to be here and like it should be cleaned for me like no one's gonna do it the way you do, but you have someone who comes in like, no, I'm taking pride. I rent this place. They expect me to to make sure that the floor is entirely mopped and perfect. I'm gonna do that job because it's my job to make sure I do that. Take mm. care of it. You know, having those people to understand where you want them to be because that's where you are. And that, that that's what I was gonna ask you too. Like, like, do you have anybody? Like, do you believe? Do you have anybody like you mentor? or Like anyone that that's come in to work with you and been like, hey, I see what you do and how you do like. Not like I want to be like you, but like I see how much hard work you put in and it works for you. Like teach me. Teach me how to have this passion. Like do you have anybody like that or like people you work with who, who you kind of mentor a little bit or wing or show or have told them like, hey, that's not the right way. I do it this way because of that. And I know I just asked you a question and you're holding on to it. But a big thing for me is I explain to people. I never just tell people the how, like how to do it. I explain the why. That is huge to me. This is how you're doing it. This is how, this is, this is, we're cutting all these perfect medium diced brunoise or medium diced uh, mirepoix pieces. And why we're doing it is because if they ought to be exactly uniform because when we cook them together, if we have a piece that's this big, a carrot that this big around, And this thick and a piece that's this big they're going to be cooking at different temperatures so when this one is disintegrating turning to mush this big one's still not even cooked all the way and it's hard so there's always a how we're doing something but there's a reason i always back that up with is the why so not only when i'm saying how are you doing this okay but why are you doing that you need to know why you are doing everything because again how you do everything why you do it, how you do everything is how you do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's always a point of you need to be able to back up when someone asks you what you're doing. And you'd be like, well, I don't know. It's just how we do it. Like, I hate that. You know, well, I don't know. It's just how I was told. But you need to know why you were told that. You need to know why you're putting, you're doing things the way you are. You know and have that answer and be able to explain that to people i think that's important people need to know especially when training people how to do do the right job but why they're doing the right job and it goes back to my question of like do you have anyone that you kind of like works with you or that you could have like kind of taught or you know
0: so i've inadvertently had had mentorees mm-hmm. and or secret mentees, and they i only find out about this because they tell me they look at me like a mentor but that's never been something that people come up to me and they say hey can you mentor me it's always been sort of an inadvertent mentorship so Mm -hmm. to speak uh, that was unbeknownst to me to say to say the least and it's always very humbling and flattering to me that somebody would even think of me to some regard where they would want to come under my wing and they do it in a secret way. They, they watch me, they listen to me, they ask me certain questions and they do this repetitively routinely for the, maybe a year or two or even longer. And I never knew that's what I was doing this entire time. I was just being who I am, which is when somebody has an vested interest in something that they think I have knowledge in. That's the most sincerest form of flattery to me. And I always give my 120 with that person because there's no other compliment that's better than that.
1: Don't you think that's why it's important, too, then, of like how it's important to present yourself and your own work ethic, like for yourself, but because you never know who's watching. Like, what if there's someone who looks up to you and they watch you like half ass give a shit? And like, there's someone who's like, man, like, I really, whether it's your aesthetic, whether it's how you do things, but they watch you give 50% to everything, like, half-halves and everything, They're like, man, what works out for him, like, I'll just do that, too, like, you never know who's watching, you know? And if, if, if you're setting a good example all around you, you never know whose lives you might be touching unbeknownst to you. True, and I and and I'm not saying like, hey, everyone wants to be like me, but I'm saying I do have people work for me, and they're like, how the hell do you know everything you know? How do you know when you when I tell you, hey, like, what's in a curry? I'm like, it's it's simple ginger, bay, you know, starting with ginger, fucking garlic, onions, there's lemongrass in there, there's like I can I can name off the base product like uh, ingredients of like you know and people like how do you memorize these things like it's not memorizing you're just learning flavor profiles of different cultures and like the base of that but like there's people who like my guys come to me all the time like how do you know it's like i want to know these things i want to learn so i know that being in the kitchen is a certain way i have to I, I i can't come in and have a bad day i can't come in and just be like leaning you know because i can't that's not something doing people like hey you shot first one I'm like man you know like i just didn't sleep well last night and like you know like uh whatever i'm having girl issues like like they don't give a shit about that i can't be putting that kind of energy out i always have to be top notch on top of my game because they're watching if i and it's not like if i show weakness but if i'm down like they're gonna be down i have to set the tone for all those people who are around me then i'm setting an example for because i'm the leader in there you know what i mean and that's what i was saying like with you i know like what you do is a solo project so i just didn't know if there's anybody else around you that works with you or works close to you you know it's much more of a solo project with you where i have to have a team I do have to have a team to do what I'm doing, if, and mm-hmm. if the team doesn't show up, which sometimes they don't, and we have less people to do it, it's going to be a longer day. Like I have to set that example, which is why like I don't get wasted on a Saturday night because I know I got to be up at the, in the in the kitchen by 6 a.m. And if I'm if I'm hungover at work, then why would my why? And I tell my employees, hey, like don't be hungover at work. We're like you're hungover, you're still drunk. Like why shouldn't I do it? You know, you always got to set an example, which is why honestly I don't drink. That shit just doesn't serve me either. It
0: yeah, just doesn't yeah when it when when we're talking about the when I was I, I guess I guess I should clarify when I'm talking about the mentors, these are people that are not typically trainers. These are people that are just like maybe in my local gym okay that would, like I said for maybe months and months or years on end, I guess ask me, get my advice on things or what have you. And you know, the kind of behavior that you probably put out that is day to day is the same behavior that most successful entrepreneurs put out it's the same behavior that I put out. It's a default behavior. And the reason why I say default is because it's something that is just autonomous that you default to no matter your feelings on the day, no matter your emotional stance, no matter what happened to you, et cetera, it's what you default to especially in times of threat or in times of, you know, low sleep or feelings or what have you, or, 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 just a massive amount of fires you had to extinguish. It's a default that you fall back. It's a behavior that you default back to. It's what you know you need to put, you need to bring to the table in order to get shit done. And I don't know if that's, I, I don't know if that's just a, I don't know if that's ingrained in us men, or if that's in everybody, but I see it more predominantly with men that men will just not be in their feelings or suppress their feelings if it means getting a job done Hmm. because they know that they have a deadline to meet. They know that the job has to be done no matter what, because like you said, no one gives a shit about what you're feeling. That's it. I don't know that I ever hear women talk that way. No one gives a shit about it. Maybe they say how I don't, no one gives a shit about how I'm feeling, but more than more often than not, people give a shit how women feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know about you, but I'm sure the same way. If you feel, if you see a woman down the dumps, yeah. you're going to want to go coddle her to some degree, whether it's through words or a pat on the back or something, because you don't want that woman stressed out. You don't wanna want that woman feeling any type of threat or pain, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we, we definitely want to let them off the hook. Men don't have that luxury. I don't go to you. If I was to work for you and be like, hey Ryan, man, I went out, got drunk, man. I'm just really fucking over. I'm I'm hung over. I almost said overhung. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm overhung. And I said, and I'm just man, can I just like do an easier task today? Can you just give me like an easier? Yeah. You would be so appalled at me, bro. And you would be like, for one, you think you're a pussy. And secondly, you think you're a fuck up for getting drunk on a work
1: day. Right. You
0: shouldn't have got drunk last night when you know you have a, an obligation to me and to your work the next morning.
1: I can't tell you how much that shit happens. All, all the time. All, two weeks ago, I had three people who don't hang out with each other all miss work. Three people out of my six because they all got drunk the night before.
0: Fire them. Fucking fire them, dude. It, that is that is a weak link in the chain no
1: i couldn't agree with you more and one girl was just completely honest she's like oh i had a big party last night we got really drunk sorry i just woke up two and a half hours late to work i'll put all my stuff and i'll be there and i said absolutely not i said absolutely not i said take the rest of the day off you're not coming in with whatever half ass you have in you right now still drunk hungover you're not coming in here today because what example does that set for the rest of my crew that they could do like oh she just showed up work late and she's haggard in her, in her hair you know and still drunk but she showed up like no I said, absolutely not. I said, this is your last chance. I said, come come to work ready tomorrow, but you still left us shorthanded. This will not happen again. Because everyone's human. I get it. But it just happened to be three people in the exact same night all didn't show up. And same story too. And that's just Murphy's Law, dude. Like, you know, what what go, what goes wrong will go wrong. It's true, but it's hard for me because like I'm not a big drinker. You know what I mean? I don't like I prioritize like like if I have some drinks, it's because it's a friend's birthday somewhere and it's a big deal, or I'm out of town. Like I don't like oh man, it's eight o'clock. I got nothing on. I'll walk down to McCarthy's. McCarthy's is a stone throw away from my house. I don't go. I don't go. The only person that convinced me to ever go is shout out to Matt Gaines when he (laughs) (laughs) when he texts me at ten p.m. is like hey buddy, what are you doing? And I'm like. I'm in bed. He's like, you wanna you wanna come wanna come hang out? And I'm like, Are you when are you gonna be there? Fifteen minutes? I'm putting this guy on blast. Anytime that guy says fifteen minutes, it is fucking two hours no matter what. So if you ever want him to be anywhere, tell him to be there two hours before you really want to. If it's eight to eight p.m., tell him six p.m. We'll show up at eight. Really? Yeah. (laughs) The only guy ever gets me out and we always you know sometimes have a drink, but thank God it's a block away from my house. So I have my one, I'm like, oh, it's nine thirty, I better go home. Just walk home there three (laughs) minutes later.
0: Dude. So I like the way you handle that. You know, you said I like talking a lot of shit, and I say fire him, and I really do mean fire him. No, I, but but yeah. but however, I like how you because I think I'd probably do the same thing. I'd empathet I'd empathize with the person. We're all human. Get it? Okay, but don't let it happen again. The fact right. that you said that is very very, it's very important that you put a standard on that person and you put like kind of a. A, a, a boundary on that person. Like this is only going to happen one time mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, humans will walk on other humans if they find that they can do so. Right. But still fire them, dude. <laughs> if they're fucking do it again, <laughs> no, fucking fire. Absolutely.
1: Them. And they know, and, and, and they know, and it's hard because again, like I know how to prioritize myself. I know that, i i don't get fomo dude i don't get you know fear of missing out when i can't drink like people are like oh it's my friend's birthday and everyone's gonna go out like what if i miss a good time like how many times in your life have you been drunk and it was someone's birthday and all this shit like you've done it all before what are you gonna miss right and i and i get it like opportunities come and go and sometimes life's about experiences but like again i think i expect too much from people sometimes i expect people to show up sober well rested and ready to work and that's Three things are almost too much to ask at the same time and that's kind of what's wrong with where we're at now because everyone is based off of your 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 mental health and where you're at today like some people have called in like i'm not having a very good mental health day like since when do you get to call into work because you're just not feeling it like Like, what? Like, how many... I've had to go to work. I've had to show up... Dude, unfortunately, I worked in restaurants. Like, I had to show up sick. If I was puking, my chef was like, get your ass in here. Puking a fucking trash can, which is insane because you're making food and you're dealing with food. And one by one, all of us on the line, my guys, we got sick, but we also had to come to work sick. It didn't matter. You didn't get to call in. And if you tried, then it was that much harder because your chef screamed at you to get your ass in there. He doesn't care. But now it's all about how people are feeling. And like, I just don't really feel like I'm, I've ha- I've heard it. I'm not having a good mental health day. Like, bitch, I haven't had a good mental health year, but here I am fucking showing up doing what I have to do to make it happen. Because guess what? There's people who, who expect a, my deadline for me to show up. They want to go to be able to pick their meals at 6am on third, 630 on Tuesday morning. And the food better be there. What happens when I'm having a mental health day? You know, like, like, dude, when my best friend passed away, like he, like I told you he was. and I'm not like trying to make this all about that, but like, he was my one person I had that I could trust. I would come in and help me get everything done. Like, like that was on a Monday, on Tuesday, I passed away. On Sunday, I had to be back in the kitchen right away without him, back in doing it, doing what we did together. Like, I people paid for their food, they wanted up. I didn't get to, I didn't, I didn't get to like stop. You know what I mean? Like, life doesn't stop for us, and that's what people don't understand. Is like. The more you sit back and you just wait, like, like I'm just not having a good day. I'll wait. Well, the world, we're, The life keep world keeps moving. It's going to pass you by, and you're going to be left behind, and you're not going to be able to catch up, and you're always going to be in this space of, like, not today, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And that's a bad headspace to be in. So I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get in the gym tomorrow. I'll make a change tomorrow. Because tomorrow is always another tomorrow. And those kind of people with that mindset, I hate to say it, are weak. And I have a hard time being around those people because I just don't vibe with it. I need people who are around me to push me. Sometimes when I want to be lazy, when I'm like, I'm tired today, I shouldn't do that. So I sometimes want someone to be like, dude, just get your ass in the gym. Like, you know, like if I'm like, I'm going to skip today, I'm kind of tired. Just go do it. You're going to feel better if you go do it. Go get a quick 45 minutes in, hit it hard, get a pump, and you're going to feel better about yourself and about it. And instead of just like, I'll do it tomorrow. And there's not a lot of people around anymore that really just have that go get it attitude and know that on the other side of the hard shit there's value and people don't want to do the hard shit they want it easy but on the other you know what i mean like i've heard this shit lately and it's like you're gonna suffer either way you're either gonna suffer like putting forth effort and progress or you're gonna passively suffer on a couch somewhere sitting there a miserable piece of shit Watching a TV, wondering why I don't have abs, why I eat a bag of Fritos. Like I just want to look good, but I don't want to do anything for it. You either suffer in the gym, building better character, stronger mentally, mental and physically, or you can suffer sitting on a couch getting diabetes. You pick which one you want. Yeah. You true. want to man, you want to suffer working through a good workout and getting stronger. And I think you know physicality like that it builds mental toughness, as you know. It does. When you've done a hard ass workout, when I used to do CrossFit, bro, I thought I could do anything. When I would do a. 15-minute burner non-stop. I literally was like, this is the hardest thing I'm doing today. Anything that comes at me later today, I can handle. It doesn't matter what it is because I did that shit where half seven minutes in, I was like, I'm only halfway through. I got to quit. I got to quit. And then it was two minutes left. I'm like, I got to quit. And then it was over. And I'm like, holy shit. I just mentally and physically pushed through that harder than I ever – I was ready to quit half seven minutes ago, and I made it. And I really feel like those kind of things mental, uh, mentally and physically, workouts like that, they make you stronger so strong and realize that you can, your mind is always gonna tell you enough, stop, this hurts, stop. But your body can push through so much more. And it's a capable of so much. And I think people now let that mental, I don't wanna say illness, but like mental weakness eat away at them and tell them that they don't need to. You don't have to. You don't wanna to go to work today, it's okay. You don't feel good today, it's okay, just sleep in. You don't wanna to go to the gym, you don't want to. It's okay. You're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to be depressed. You don't know what you're depressed about. That's okay. Like, just just be depressed. You're allowed to do that. Like, figure it the fuck out. <laughs>
0: well, Sorry. They're, they should not be allowed to be that way. And the reason why they're depressed is likely because they're not doing anything of meaning or purpose in their life. I agree with that. Because if you were doing something that was meaningful, as a human being, you wouldn't help but want to get out of bed and go do that thing with meaning that has meaning rather to it. So... I'm not saying depression isn't a real thing, but people are conflating real depression with just like feeling low. And real depression is where you wake up with the feeling of your entire family died last night in a car accident and you have nobody. Mm-hmm. That's real depression. Do you feel that way when you wake up? Can you even fathom what the fuck that feel might feel like? If you can't and you don't or you don't feel that way, chances are you're just feeling low for the day. Uh-huh. Might be because you're not getting good rest. Might be because your 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 diet is shit. Might be because you're not exercising, etc. All these things matter and they all add to the equation of you being a beneficial human being, not only to yourself, but fucking to society and what you contribute. So you're probably not depressed. You're probably just low, but that also means you don't give yourself any slack. That means you keep going towards the things that you find value and meaning in, and you keep on your pursuit. There's something that you cannot relegate yourself from. And that, or absolve yourself rather yourself from, and that's your business because it is who Ryan is to some degree. It is a part of his identity It's what makes him up. It's how people know him. It's what his, it's his predicate, his reputation is predicated on it. Like all these things are in, t- run in tandem with who you are. It's like, if you were to absolve yourself from, from that, well, who's Ryan, you know, because that's who you are. It's a part of your identity. It's just like it's with most people that find their meaning in what they do. If they do it long enough, it becomes a part of their identity. It's how people know them, interface with them, how they build their bravado with their, within their society or within their community. All of that. And that matters. Those things matter because it puts you in a place of belonging. And us as humans want to belong to something. So, But you're in charge of what you belong to. And I hope you belong to something of meaning and purpose instead of the couch binging on Netflix eating Cheetos like you alluded to. Not the business, man.
1: It's not. I think, you know, I think just people have a hard time finding purpose, you know. And and it it is hard. Like I found something I was good at and I, I found an idea and I ran with it. And I know a lot of people, like, if you don't feel like you have a purpose or a specific skill, like, I know people who just feel, who wake up just feeling depressed every day, just like, I'm depressed today, and I feel, don't feel like doing this and that. And it's, and I've even asked, like, what, what makes you feel depressed? Like, well, I don't know, I'm just depressed. Like, to me, I can pinpoint what's making me feel that way. What the outcome, why, why am I feeling like a piece of shit? Why am I feeling depressed? Why am I sad? I can pinpoint that, and what can I do to change that? And I think some people don't want to do the hard work to have to change it. You know like i know people who just can't stop drinking because then they're like what would i do with my life is stop drinking i'm like exactly but think of all the things you could do if you stop drinking because mm. all you know is the drink and those people and when you don't drink those people don't want to come around you what kind of friends are those what kind of foundation are you building with those people you know like you just gotta again and it's hard especially when that's all you have like have a good friend he's big, heavy drinker. And without it, like, I honestly don't know what kind of group or people you'd have, but I'm like, dude, you're better off alone and sober and building your life over again. than you know, the, the road that's going to take you down.
0: Hey, man, I agree with that, man,
1: man. I, I guess that I just, big thing is, you know, we all, we all struggle. And I think it's just, you choose, choose how you struggle. You struggle to do things that are to build yourself better mentally physically and as a person spiritually like those things don't come easy you work for those things and they're hard you suffer to make those things happen we make a lot of sacrifices for us you know like in a like i make a lot of sacrifices i sacrifice things as simple as like uh not going and drinking and doing that. those are sacrifices to be made because i know how it makes my body feel and where i'm where it makes me mentally you know and or you can you're gonna suffer like i said regardless do something positive and suffer positively or you suffer passively on a couch somewhere and watch your whole life pass you by and wish, no, you should have made a difference. Like, dude, if you're going to choose one, you might as well choose something that's going to build a better you.
0: Amen, dude. That's, that's a great note to end on. (laughs) Well, why don't you tell people where they can find you, bro?
1: Oh, you can find me well not me specifically but my business cleanmachinemeals.com uh, our Instagram is at cleanmachinemeals you can find all of our menus on there you can see a lot of the past pictures that we've done and we post every men- menus every Wednesday at 1pm order deadlines Fridays if you order late we usually squeeze you in uh, any questions cleanmachinemeals at gmail.com uh, but I would like to say the food kind of sells itself. Like, like Justin said, it's a clean eating that tastes like cheating. That's right. <laughs> and, That's uh, right. Th- yeah, uh, my passion is cooking I love helping people. Any questions you have, you know, feel free to email us clean machine meals at gmail.com. Um, this has been great. I've been super stoked to do this and give people a little more information. It's good to see you, dude. I don't think I've seen you since, uh, COVID, since the C word hit
0: yeah yeah
1: because i was delivering meals to you and then we were like you're like bro i don't know what's happening with my business <laughs> i'm broke <laughs> i can't buy these meals
0: yeah it was uh it was a while bro we haven't we haven't seen each other and and uh yeah i had to kind of lay off a little bit and uh readjust my finances to make sure that i keep my business afloat oh, you know feel during moment. the time be- um and actually i was trying to do a model change of my business so i was allocating a lot of those funds and putting them back in the business and i was just kind of do my meals and shit you know you know how i do it rice and chicken so i had to Mm. make it myself and uh but we're we're i'm I'm very uh pleased to say that we're we're a lot better than we were pre-covid so Mm pre-c pre-c
1: word the other c word
0: but we have a lot more to talk about, I'm sure, dude. And yeah. we we need to get another episode in. So we will,
1: we'll do something that's not so business oriented and just talk about how fucked up the world is and people that's are. That's right. I love it. <laughs> how they I get love their life back on track.
0: More to come. Maybe a couple months. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right, me, guys. Done.